And just like that, we're back for another exciting episode. Man, it's been a day to day. I know if you woke up this morning, you're probably as shocked as I was uh, when you looked at Twitter or anything re- regarding XFL or USFL for that matter. I uh, got two great guests here today. Looking forward to both of them. Um, great guys, some good insight. Everyone knows the Mike Mitchell. Mike, how's it going, man? Welcome to the show. I'm again. doing well. I'm doing well, Matthew. Thank you very much for having me on. Yes, sir. Look forward to your insights. The true insider right here, Mike Mitchell, man. We 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 love to have you on here, and I greatly appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on. We got so much to talk about. So much. Uh, let's welcome Jersey. Jersey, how's it going, man? What's going on, guys? How are we doing today? Matthew, thank you for having me on. Very welcome. It's good to see you, my dude. Um, yes, I know I've been on your show before. Uh, I welcome you on here anytime you'd like to come on, man. You picked the perfect day to actually come on and be a part of the show, honestly, because, I mean, it's exciting. We didn't have to talk about this Vegas relocation too much, so I know you're happy about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> the crazy thing is, today's my three-year anniversary with life so the, the, gotcha. all the news that broke today was like out of all days today <laughs> but thank you thank you so much xfl thank you so much usfl so <laughs> you, you made the day even more exciting for the both of us so it's, happy it's anniversary been, thank you it's been it's been a, a very interesting day i should say hopefully it's you good. know good, good thing on the anniversary congratulations on that i don't know if the vipers are gonna have a lot of anniversaries we'll we'll see <sighs> We'll see. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not Regardless. in Ve- maybe not in Vegas. Maybe not in Vegas. Um, likely not in Vegas. We'll see. This merger might even like. calls into question whether or not Vipers exist. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, let's jump on into this. We're going to talk about that, guys, and that's why everybody's listening right now. They want to hear more about this merger. And Mike, I know you got some more details you're going to share. Before we do that, let's talk a little bit about Nick Rolovich taking over for offensive coordinator um, in Seattle for June Jones. I mean, I saw this last week, and I really wasn't too surprised. There were some rumors hitting the air back in, I think, July about this. So I wasn't too shocked and surprised. Um, the guy's got a, a, a good track record besides his, um, I guess, political stance. Uh, but otherwise, I think this is a good move for Seattle. Uh, he's he's familiar with June Jones. He's familiar with the offense. I think he's going to run that and run it well, and maybe even a little better than than Coach Jones did. But I don't know. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? Well, from a football side, it's a, it's a terrific hire. The resume speaks for itself. Uh, Nick Rolovich is a very good offensive mind. And June Jones kind of you know he recommended him on the way out, so he kind of passed the baton. Uh, June has a very good relationship with Jim Hazlitt. And, you know, once June didn't get that Vipers job, he was hoping to be a head coach. He decided to, I guess, hang up his cleats or his uh, headset, so to speak. And um, and Rolovich was the guy he recommended and has it was on board with it. You know, the political stuff, anti-vaccine stuff aside, I know that's a volatile subject to get into. Uh, Rolovich was suing the University of Washington State, WSU, for, uh, uh, for them firing him, letting him go because he took a stance against the vaccine. Um, obviously, uh, it, you know, he claims he's been blackballed, um, kind of out of jobs. Uh, there've been universities that wanted to hire him, but because of his political stance, he's kind of been left out in the dark. So here he is, you know, that happens a lot in these leagues, you know, uh, there's some quality coaches that for whatever reason fall by the wayside or have issues with ownership or have issues with universities that resurface in these kind of secondary pro football leagues and Rolovich is, uh, 
you know, uh, you know, one of those candidates. I think he'll do a good job. There's some people out there that kind of got a little bit tired of the June Jones. Uh, I hate to say this uh, system because it's so heavy handed towards the pass game that they're yep. kind of hope they're kind of hoping that a coordinator would come in and maybe show a little more balance. You know, they picked up Philip Lindsay and uh, you know, and barely, you barely noticed he was even in the XFL because he wasn't used that much. And so we'll see if Rolovich changes it up a little bit and features the running back a little bit more. I'm not trying to be disrespectful of June Jones. He's had a tremendous career, uh, yes, legendary, legendary figure in these kind of oh, leagues yeah. and all that. So, and, you know, throughout college, Hawaii and all that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the Sea Dragons offense. They, they appear, it appears at the moment that they're going to be getting a lot of their players back. Whether or not they get Ben DiNucci back, that remains to be seen. He's on the Broncos practice squad right now. Uh, you never know the way the NFL season works. You might end up uh, getting some snaps for the Broncos. I don't know what's going to happen. Especially this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's pretty wild. Like I think last year or something, the 55 different quarterbacks started in the National Football League. I think it was a record. Um, yeah, so you never know. So you might see guys on a practice squad that we're familiar with, the Alex Magoos, the Ben DiNucci's, those kind of guys, P.J. Walker. You might eventually see Taylor Heineke's backing up Desmond Ritter. You know, with injuries, performance, everything else, you never know. You might see these guys get some reps out there. So, anyhow, I, I think the Dragons are in good shape from a football side of things. If people can, like, overlook whatever, you know, their political views are, own personal medical opinions, all that. If you can get over that stuff, it, it's a good football hire. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I had some comments. Jersey, you got any comments on this before I roll into some comments that were posted? Um, my opinion on Nick Rolovich, honestly, it's a really good hire for the Sea Dragons because you're going to take a, a lot of the pressure off the quarterback doing so much of the work. Because if you look at, like like Mike just said, uh, June Jones ran a, a really pass-heavy type of offense wherever he's been, you know, that's just his track record. That's his reputation, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? If you look at the NFL nowadays, it's a passer's league. So them giving Rolovich a chance at the offensive coordinator position is a great hire for them because now they're going to have a balanced offense. Now we're going to be able to see Philip Lindsay actually put in some work, you know, on the field and get some reps, reputable reps that are going to, you know, give him stats to try and set records in the XFL, possibly just things of that nature. But, I think it's a great hire for them. Um, and like Mike said, regardless of his political stance on certain agendas or whatever the case may be, you know, it's a football hire. You know what I mean? That That's the that's the main thing here. It's about football. Yeah. So when it comes to football, <clears throat> this is great for Seattle. You know what I mean? Especially with Ben DiNucci being on the Denver Broncos practice squad. Ben DiNucci is available on the fantasy league. So, you know, like like we were saying, you never know. He may even get some snaps, especially with what's going on with on Peyton and Russell Wilson. So it's just interesting to see where it all will, will go. But like you said, Seattle's in a good position now to actually have a balanced offense, and it's going to be a different look for him next season. So I, I agree with the hire. I'm all for it, and I, I hope it, you know, deals a, a, a good – I hope it deals a good – in for the the Seattle Sea Dragons when it's all said and done. You know, I, I hope he does very well and he brings something to that offense that they didn't have last season. Good takes, good takes. Now, do you guys both, I mean, he did have like a wrongful termination suit with Washington, correct? Do you guys both yes. know anything? Is that still current? Do they have that? Or did they get throughout? I, I had conflicting articles, so I had some issues. Yeah, last the last 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 I checked on that, I think his claims were dismissed. I think he was trying to appeal it. 
Gotcha. Um, I think the rules of that university were that they could let somebody go if they're an employee and um, they, they don't meet certain guidelines. And I think he's trying to appeal it. So that, that might still be in the works legally for him to try and uh, sue for that. And, you know, he feels that not only is wrongful termination, but he also feels like, you know, uh, there's some collusion involved with other yeah. universities yeah. and kind of keeping them from from getting back in. That's why he's in the XFL right now, because otherwise, yeah. you know, he's a head coach. He was an accomplished uh, offensive play caller in college football. He would have had countless other opportunities. It's kind of interesting that the door has been closed on him. So, yeah. um, so it's just the way it goes. But, uh, yeah, that's as far as I know. I think it was rejected because of the certain guidelines of where his university, but I think gotcha. he's still trying to appeal that. I, I think there's still efforts in that vein. Understood. Yeah, that's the last I heard as well. And like you said, he's he's a great offensive line if you really look at it. He has hands <coughs> on multiple levels. So, you know, if it wasn't for that situation going on, he could possibly be a head coach somewhere in, on the college level right now. You know, so yeah, I'm sure he would be. Honestly, so we'll have to that legally. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, good takes. Just wanted to share that with everybody because we didn't discuss that last week. So, I wanted to throw that up. I guess we'll get to the hot take now. <laughs> Let me get some comments before we start. The comments are flooding in, so I'm going to try to roll into some. If I missed you guys in the comments, I'm sorry. I'm trying my best, but it's a lot. Oh, man. Going all the way back to the get-go. We got Josh. Josh showing up. He's ready. Josh is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here, Josh. We got some more questions from him, but I don't want to throw them out until we actually get to the conversation. You got Brett. Brett runs one of the biggest Facebook groups on regarding XFL or USFL. So appreciate you sharing that, Brett. He shared it with his group, showing everybody. Uh, yeah, appreciate awesome. you getting active. Yep, for sure. Got XFL Mike, my guy, Mike. What's up? How you doing? Hi, Mike. How are you, brother? Hey, Mike. Welcome aboard. You got Daryl Johnson. Daryl, what's up, man? Nice to see you. Ah, Daryl like Johnson, uh, different person, Moose. Um, yeah, Moose is a big factor in this merger stuff. We'll get into that in a second. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, man. USFL Network, happy anniversary, Jersey, they said. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Let me hit a couple more and then we'll roll on, guys. I just hate to not give anybody their, their time. Sandy, no, awesome. join us. What's up, Sandy? How you doing? <clears throat> hey, Sandy. Hello, Sandy. One more. One more. Let me see. Let's see. Let's share another one from Brett. I hate this happened with June, to be honest. He's a good offensive mind without a doubt. Yeah, I like June, man. He's had a career. I think June is – yeah, he's at the point where, like, if he wasn't being a head coach, uh, I think that he was, like, just ready to wrap it up, you mm -hmm. know? It's yeah. like he's been, he's been doing this – He's been doing this for so long. He came close on the Ve – he interviewed for the Vegas job, for the Vipers job. I can't even – I don't even know if I could call him Vegas anymore, to be honest with you. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, he interviewed for the Vipers job. Uh, Blevins is a guy – Dr. Blevins is yeah. a coach that they were very – was very impressive uh, in the interview process and kind of won out there. So I think once June saw that, you know, that he wasn't going to get that job, uh, he figured, you know, it's time. We'll see how long he he sticks to that, you know. You know, maybe a year from now he gets the itch again and he wants to get back into coaching, but we'll see. <laughs> hey, if 16 teams pop up, he may have the chance. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, let's, let's roll right into it. Let's talk about this merger. 
So let me pull the article up from Axios. Uh, this dropped this morning, right? This is the first I saw of it was this morning. Now, Mike, I know even when I had you on the show previous, me and you discussed this topic some. And I mean, we were pretty convinced it was going to be later, but they were having talks back then. Just no nothing in in stone set. So, I mean, right. basically, it's been reported that they have been talks with merger with USFL, XFL and USFL. Um, according to this article, there's three sources familiar with the situation that's filling in Axios on what's going on. Uh, basically, they're saying that uh, Redbird Capital approached USFL, Fox, whatever, uh, about merging after the championship game back in like June, July, and they've been in talks since. Um, there's not any real details out. We don't have anything legitimate, but we do have some information regarding this merger talk. Now, this article is saying that we could be seeing something as soon as next week uh, regarding all this stuff. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy that's happened so fast. I know most of us had no idea. Uh, but anyway, Mike. Let's give us a run through, man. What do you think? Sure. Uh, I know there's a lot of different reports going on out there. I, I, what I can tell you is um, about two months ago, I heard that um, uh, the a, ma a main figure in the XFL's football operation was in contact with one of the I got to be careful with this. One of the top uh, football <laughs> personnel people in the USFL. And they were having discussions about the possibility of uh, working together. And what ended up happening from there is um, these two individuals have a working relationship together. So I guess you have to go connect the dots on this one. Um, but what ended up happening there was the idea was floated to the bigwigs on, um, uh, on both sides. And so a lot of people right now, because I'm getting messages all day here. So there are a lot of people in the XFL and the USFL that are in the dark on this. Gotcha. Coaches, coaches, assistants, people who work in promotions, PR. A lot of them reached out to me to ask me if this was true um, because they don't know. There's a personnel person who sent me a message earlier that says uh, they haven't heard. He hasn't heard anything. And they're anxious to hear what the league executives have to say about it. This is the quote from them. Hopefully we get briefed this week. Gotcha. So there are only a select group. So maybe Axios has those three sources. There's only a select group uh, of people within the USFL and the XFL that were that are aware of these uh, potential merger talks, which are supposed to be an equal merger between both sides. Um, as far as like Redbird reaching out uh, in July, from my understanding, and at least maybe that's the reports that are out there, from my understanding, this started kind of innocently enough um, with uh, football heads from both leagues talking to each other about what if, what if we, we merge together and, um, and then the idea was floated upstairs uh, to the presidents of the league, the top executives. And then, so a lot of people, I'm, I myself included, are stunned I can't believe that this is a 2024 thing, to be honest yep. with you. And there's a lot of people within these leagues that I was thinking when I heard about this a couple of months ago, I said, OK, uh, they'll have contact with each other. This is probably going to be a 2025 thing, because logistically, how would this all work out? I can tell you from conversations that I had during the season with people at NBC, at Fox, at the USFL, with the XFL on both sides of this. The USFL was very disappointed. 
uh, with year two. Their ratings went down. Their attendance went down. Um, they did not do as well as they thought they would do in Birmingham. And then people were shocked within the leagues that uh, Moose Johnson came out and publicly said that he was disappointed with their ratings, which went down, disappointed with their attendance, which struggled. So they did not do as well as they thought they would. On the flip side, the XFL, they didn't do as well as they thought they would either. See, the USFL thought in year two that they would be they would be more successful than year one because they had proven their product, they put out a good product, and that more people who were on the fence would sample their league. Well, their ratings went down, the tenants didn't do well, and then on the XFL side, on the flip side, they don't want this out there publicly, but they had internal meetings and discussions after the season, and basically what management told all the employees was uh, that they did not reach their revenue markers in 2023. So the XFL had high expectations. They thought The Rock, the combination of them being on Disney, what the XFL did in 2020, they thought that they would be more successful in 2023. They weren't. Where both leagues are right now, is they are in survival mode. They've created business models to survive. And so far, so good on that end. But as far as thriving goes, there's reason to believe that if these entities are separate, that they're not going to thrive, that they're not going to make it, that the XFL won't see a year three, that the USFL won't see a year four. Because quite frankly, um, you know, they figured out business models with hubs, cutting travel costs, cutting costs, you know, like the XFL just recently borrowed from the USFL, ironically enough, their model of uh, not paying assistant coaches and coaches year round. So the XFL's head coaches and offensive coordinators are still still on payroll, but uh, their assistant coaches were recently told that starting in October that they're only going to be paid when they're on the job. So on the job would be, let's just say, January to May. So that's the same as the USFL model, that's a cost-cutting mode where you save money and cut corners. And that Fox with the USFL. Um, so I think these two leagues are in uh, have been in survival mode and they're looking to thrive. So I'm surprised in this whole situation that because of egos, I'm surprised. I know the football people that have worked together in the past in the AAF and XFL are down with this. I'm surprised that the bigwigs are open-minded about this, that Redbird, because you there's a lot of logistics to figure out here, financial model, how are you no going to split it 50-50, who's paying for what? So, and then how are we going to split profits, right? Because that's what this is all about, right? This Make no mistake about it, the XFL and the USFL talking to each other. This is a two-way street. Both sides... Everybody knows this. This is public record. Anybody can look this up. The USFL has been trying to raise money now for the longest time. They're trying to raise between 150 and $200 million. They haven't been able to rope in investors. The reason why the teams are not in markets, the original idea between by the USFL was to sell off these teams to individual owners and in markets so the owners can cover the costs. Yes, Redbird, too. Redbird as well. This is, I mean, they're used to the whole idea is Redbird Capital Partners. They're used to raising capital. The whole idea behind the XFL is to try to raise capital to get investors involved. Yep. So that's what Redbird has been trying to do. And I had an article, whatever it was, a year and a half ago, where they actually, information they already sent out to potential investors. So both these leagues are trying to raise money. 
you know, there are a lot of people that see the XFL's figure losing $60 million and they go, oh my God, they, they really failed. They lost $60 million. People who are inside the industry when they saw that $60 million figure thought it was a lie. They thought that they lost a hell of a lot more than that because it costs hundreds of millions of uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to operate a professional football league. You pay tens of millions of dollars just on insurance alone. So when people yep. see that sixty million, when the public sees that, when the public sees the sixty million, they go, "Whoa, what a flop!" When people in the industry see the sixty million, they go, "They're lying." They they have eighteen. People don't like to hear it. People that support these leagues don't no. like to hear it. But like the XFL was not as successful as they thought they were going to be. The USFL was not as successful as they thought they were going to be in year two. They thought they were going to do better. They did not do better. You know, so I'm sorry. The ratings are down all across the board for them. You can say they were down when they were head to head with the XFL, which makes a sense because they splintered each other's audience. But the USFL went all out, putting many games on network television. They put them in great time slots. They did a great job trying to pump up the league, right? And um, excellent job by the networks. And a lot of promotion during the Super Bowl, for Christ's sake. Like a lot. That's like yeah. free advertising during the most watched event of the year. So they did a lot of promotion on there. And it just, you know, they for whatever reason, some people believe that the public doesn't have an appetite for these leagues, that they're never going to care about these niche pro football leagues. The NFL is king. All uh, You know, you see comments out there on social media like, oh, oh, like I saw one funny comment. I'll admit I laughed where a person said, oh, good, now I can now I can only care about one league instead of two. Like, not not care not care about <laughs> one league instead of two. Like, yeah. So I thought it was kind of funny. But that's really the sentiment of a lot of mainstream football fans. They don't care about these leagues. They barely know they exist. You know, I saw today people right. were uh, – Abram Smith worked out for the Detroit Lions today, right? They have an injury to running back David Montgomery. And I saw everybody was talking about, like, oh, oh, he was such a star at Baylor, fifth-leading nation, uh, you know, Wow, he's such a he was he was the fifth leading rusher in the nation at Baylor. He's awesome. Well, I hope they sign him. Blah blah blah. Very few people out there saying, "Oh, that's the XFL guy who was awesome for the DC Defenders." Because most mainstream football fans weren't paying attention. I'll, to be honest with you, weren't paying attention. I know 1.4 million people watched the XFL championship game. Whatever it was 1.2 million, I think, counting the streaming numbers that NBC gave me, watched the USFL championship game. That's decent audiences, but you know, we watched the. The NFL, how you know, college football now with Deion Sanders doing what he's doing, uh, what the viewership is like for 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 the mainstream stuff. So, I mean, yeah. co in comparison, the XFL and the USFL, they want to they they're in this. Fox is in this because they love what they saw with the XFL in twenty twenty. They said, why not let just have our own league? And they saw the potential of it. I mean, they had a Sunday game between the Vipers and the, the Tampa Vipers and the New York Guardians uh, did like two and a half million viewers. Right. It was the highest viewed game on Fox called by Kevin um, Burkhart and uh, Greg Olson. Highest viewed non NFL game on Fox was that particular game. So Fox saw the potential, sees the potential of this. And they're hoping that the audience will grow and that they can make money off this thing. And Redbird is in this. Make no mistake about it to make money. You know, they've been uh, they've been in business with successful big time uh, sports businesses all across the world, yeah. globally. All the big brands you could think of LeBron, Yankees, Liverpool, Red Sox, et cetera, et cetera. Cal Dallas Cowboys. They're used to making I'm about to curse almost tons of money. So um, so right now. So like the X, the XFL and the USFL, both their ownership groups, they see the end game right now. Currently, they're not going to say this publicly, but I know what I know. And I hear what I hear and I talk to who I talk right. to and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel where they currently are. Nope. So perhaps 
perhaps it has nothing to do with the product. The product is good. We see like right now, whatever it is, there's 18 or 19 XFL players on NFL rosters. I believe there's maybe 12 or 13 or 14 USFL players. I know most of them are practice squads but you're looking at Cavante Turpin do his thing as a pro bowler you're looking at Brandon Aubrey who's doing great for the Cowboys it's great to see he missed like an extra point and everybody said who is this bum he should be cut and then he made like 10 straight field goals so I mean that's awesome to see like we're rooting for these guys to make it they're quality players in these leagues and so so I hope they can make it work the logistics of it calendar wise financial model can the Eagles come together can they make agree together can they truly be a 50-50 partner as someone who covers these leagues, I'm also a CFL guy, wrote a CFL article earlier tonight on the Toronto Argonauts, doing great with Chad Kelly, by the way. And um, I remember the XFL CFL talks, and there was so a lot of talk about that, and and then it just never came to fruition. So apart. do I do I see this fall falling apart too? I mean, anything is possible. I'm still in disbelief that we've reached this point. I didn't think. I think it's great. You got my vote. I want it to happen. I think it's a quick way to expand. Everybody who follows these leagues goes, oh, man, I hope they expand. I hope they go here. I hope they go there. This is a quick way to get to 16 teams fast. Now, let's hope it's 16. One of the drawbacks to this is that mm, financial model and otherwise, maybe they gets withered down to 12-team league or 14-team league. That's still cool as a single entity. But that means a lot of people lose jobs. So if you're because in this space, what's really awesome about this space right now is you got 800 pro football players in America that are making a living and playing professionally and getting an opportunity to continue advance their careers, et cetera. So some cases restart. If you lose two teams, four teams, you're talking about like over 200 players not having jobs yeah. because of this merger then there's a logist then there's the logistics of the union deal right so the usfl has a three-year agreement they have a cba united steel workers association the xfl doesn't currently have that doesn't currently have a union for whatever reason their players voted against it so i know there's some hopes there that the nfl would maybe get involved or maybe buy the league if they can prove to be viable together there might come a point where maybe the nfl buys in too so i mean that's a lot of thinking down the road but i think a lot of this right now is redbird thinking long game and fox thinking long game and i think both of them see the realities of their short term so it's to the point where fox can't afford to put all these teams in markets they don't want to spend that kind of money they're looking for someone else to cover costs redbird came very close to copying the usfl model and having it all eight teams in a hub in Arlington. Then they kind of shifted gears, you know, have their cake and eat it to send the teams out to the markets without them actually being there. Could you imagine what a disaster would have been in St. Louis and DC would have stayed in Arlington all last year? I mean, Not without good. that atmosphere, that would have been yeah. bad. It would have saved a lot of money, but it would have led to being one of the weakest points of the USFL is the fact that uh, their teams don't play in their markets. There are some that do, but like generals not playing New Jersey. They, again, I'm not going to curse. People don't give a crap hey, you, about the generals. I got you. I got you. But people don't give a crap about New York. And New I cover the generals at usflnewshub.com. I cover the USFL, did my all USFL team. There are a lot of great generals players. Darius Victor, I'm a huge fan of. There's a Toby Johnson. Mm -hmm. There's so many good players on that team, right? So, I mean, um, but the generals don't mean, you know, it's Fugazi, to borrow a New York term, uh, the, them being called the New Jersey generals and then playing in Ohio. I'm sorry. 
So yeah. hopefully this merger leads to them playing. I don't care where they play. I don't care if they play in a parking lot in New Jersey. Just like play play in the market. So <laughs> I Jersey. really don't fig, fig, figure it out, right? So like hopefully that happens. I remember The Rock last year. There was a fan that called them out for not having the New York Guardians back. And, you know, he said maybe in the future we'll have a New York team. I'm sorry we couldn't make it work. Rock actually apologized on Twitter to the fan. Yeah, I, he did. I remember the gentleman saying, I apologize to who he apologized to. But I remember him, him saying, I'm sorry we couldn't make it work. We had to do this and that and the other. And so um, so maybe now with this merger, we finally get a tri-state area uh, a football team out of this mix. It could be fun. This could be an NFL, AFL thing where the two leagues – are like almost operate as separate conferences and then meet up in the playoffs or in a championship game. XFL keeps their rules. USFL keeps their rules. Although the rules are very similar. They both have 20 XFL 2020 rules from Sam Schwartzstein. They both use the overtime shootout. They both have the tiered extra point conversions, three pointers. So they do a lot of the clock rules. They, they have a lot of similar rules, but maybe you can do a situation where USFL keeps their rules. And then when the stallions go and play the battle Hawks, they play under XFL rules. And, or when the battle Hawks go and play at the stallions, they play under USFL rules. There's a lot of fun. Could you imagine XFL games on Fox? Or USFL right. games on 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 ESPN or ABC. I mean, it almost US. There's so many fun possibilities. It reminds me of like uh, WWE and WCW or something along those yeah. lines. You know, it, it, it's it, it's a good thing to have a rival opponent that's also in the same area of of things. I mean, it's exciting. It in could be fun of- trash talk. These two these two leagues could merge together, but we could still have the like the craziness of how USFL fans and XFL fans war because you could still have going all <laughs> oh, wait. You guys, you guys don't want to play the stallions, man. Or you know, stallions are gonna, gonna kick your ass. <laughs> it's so, I mean uh so and then the bat you can see the yeah, defenders fans are like your defenders fans saying, Oh yeah, yeah, come to DC. We've never lost at home. Oh yeah, let's see, bring it. So it could be like fun stuff like that. And then both taking, I remember, you know, I wasn't around for this. I wasn't alive for this era, but back in the day, the NFL mocked the AFL and, um, and the Super Brandon. Bowl almost, the Super Bowl almost didn't make it. So, <laughs> so uh, Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil and changed the world. So, um, <laughs> so, so I mean, they were, they were like huge, huge underdogs. And at that point it was like, why are we even playing the Super Bowl game? Like the NFL, so I know we're going to win. AFL teams. <laughs> yeah, so just like, and then the Jets win, and then and the rest is history with everything else there, and then they merge and everything else. So this could be fun. You know, if they can make this work, it, uh, you know, I'll believe. It's like one of those things where I know it's real. I'll believe it when I see it. I know the reports are that they, th- this could be this week. I want to see how this works out together. They both kind of, to be honest, yeah, they yeah. both kind of need each other. But they have to take the right steps because I don't think I've been critical of both leagues in certain in a lot of respects, really, since Jump Street. Um, I know you got the Vipers hat on. I love the brand. Right. They have cool colors, cool uniforms. Vegas did not work out. It was a mistake. Uh, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> it was a mistake. It was a mistake. It was not. They're not going to no. be in Vegas. And then and then if they and then if and then they tried to get into Allegiant. They tried to work it out in the Las Vegas ballpark. They, um, again, I better not use the New York language I was just about to use, but they got blocked. I was going to put a C word in front of that. They got blocked in Vegas. And then, and they even can Gorman, and then, uh, which is a high school out there, very nice high school and everything. But, and then they ended up going, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, no question. And they considered that, but if for whatever reason it didn't work, and then they ended up in cash when we I'll saw how that worked right. out. I Jerry Cardinal wanted Vegas, and they, yes. they wanted Vegas, they thought it would be sexy. They thought that was Cardinal's choice. Rock is San Antonio with his Brahmas, Orlando, the Guardians, or Danny Garcia. Yeah, right. And then Rod Woodson, the Raiders connection, Vegas. It seemed mm -hmm. on paper good, but they really didn't think that through. They didn't think they were going to get the resistance that they did there. And now it calls into question if this league is a 12-team league, if this eventual merged league is a 12-team league, whether or not the Vipers exist. It's very hard. We'll see. It's very hard for me to believe. I hope this is the case. They got a lot of work to do. If they're merging for 2024, that's awesome that they're going to be able to pull this off. Like I'm still, there's still people. I even got a message from somebody who works in the USFL that find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to do this for 2024, that maybe they'll announce something and then start it in 2025. Right. So, I mean, that's a sucky, that sucks. Like kind of like a waiting period there to like, okay, we'll have the two leagues separate and then, Wait for the next year. So there's a lot of logistics that need to be worked out. When's the calendar? There are some players that want the calendar to be the XFL calendar because you get, because you know XFL had 66 players that signed with NFL teams. Over 80 players, I believe, had camp invites combined with those guys. 66 of them signed NFL contracts. The USFL had 39, I think, or 38 in the in thereabouts that signed NFL deals. There are some players that think they would much rather have their season end in May because you get an earlier jump on joining an NFL team. You also yep. get to rest up your body a little bit. So, and there are some players that are in the USFL that kind of like their schedule. They're kind of used to creature of habit. They kind of like playing those months, you know, until July or whatever. But those players that like it, mind you, haven't gotten a sniff in the NFL. Jamar Smiths hmm. and uh, all those guys, the Sean Browns are on social media saying, well, give us our July calendar. They, they haven't signed a single NFL deal. So uh, not even gotten into camp. So, yeah, both scar. It's kind of ridiculous. Some of the players that haven't gotten opportunities, Thompson and Houston, the gamblers running back is really awesome yeah. player. Both scar, bro, should get another opportunity. You got all these running backs getting hurt. I don't see these guys' names being mentioned. I yep, see it's like uh, Kenyon Drake making his 811th comeback. So all these no disrespect to the dude, but you know, like give some of these other guys, the Abram Smiths, the Thompsons, anyway, the Darius Victor, give these guys at least a workout and opportunity. I know like the NFL fans scoffs at that. If you say the NFL fans like you know, they see Nick Chubb get hurt and they say, Oh, get Kareem Hunt back. I don't blame you. Kareem Hunt's a very good player. But like I don't see anybody going out there. If you say try Abram Smith, try uh, Mark Thompson, they're like, who? So anyway, so it's just it is what it is. You're it's right. just the way the NFL fans see these leaks. It's just it's just the way it goes. But uh, anyhow, um, like the Saints are having issues in the, in the backfield right now. Maybe they get Kendra Miller back. Maybe Kamara doesn't get in trouble and get suspended again. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But you know, maybe the Saints could entertain a couple of these backs that I just mentioned. Anyhow, I could. Hey, I would off love a different direction down there. Abram Smith and New Orleans would be a a, a great combination. Um, but yeah, I don't know how serious guys. Jamal Williams. I don't know how serious Jamal Williams' injury is, and you know I'm not trying to disrespect Tony Jones. He had two touchdowns on Monday Night Football there against Carolina. So, and Kendra Miller is a guy they really like there. So maybe they got enough depth there. He's but you know, I see a lot of running back injuries. Yeah, I see a lot of running back injuries around the league. You know, and, and so it's yep. good to see the Detroit Lions work out Abram Smith. But there are some talented running backs that are kind of being overlooked that played in the USFL and XFL that deserve a shot. But anyway, Agreed. I know I'm waving Agreed. a flag. I know. It's, hey, at least some of them made the practice squads, is, is my opinion. You know, that's I, true. I was very, very nervous that we weren't going to see many on squads at all at one point. So 
I'm glad. Yeah, it got withered down fast. That happened yeah. last year in the USFL. The USFL had a lot of players that signed to training camp rosters, and then when the smoke cleared, all that was left on the 53 was Cavante Turpin. I think Micah Ab- Abernathy initially made the 53, then he got cut and put on a practice squad. And I think he's on a practice squad right now, the Atlanta Falcons, who seem to have like 10 or 12 different XFL and USFL players. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So you see that happen. The odds of making it, you have a very, it's very hard to make it in the NFL to begin with. Only 1.6% of all NCAA college football players make it in NFL roster. And then if you're out of the NFL cycle and NFL bubble and you're trying to get back in, you're competing with guys who are already established in the NFL. You're competing with rookie draft picks, all that. So you're coming in a depth chart at eighth or ninth. So the odds are it's tough, but at least a lot of these players over 110 or some odd from both leagues all at least got an opportunity in camp um, to make it. But, you know, and whatever it is now, I guess it's past over 30 or something that are on NFL teams right now. Crazy thing is a lot of the guys who are on NFL practice squads right now who don't get an opportunity to play during the NFL season are going to end up in the XFL and the USFL. We saw that no like doubt. with EJ Perry in the USFL. Over two dozen players that were in the XFL in 2023 finished the NFL season on an NFL roster and practice squad. So um, it's a good option. If you don't get a chance to play in the NFL, why not, why not go play for, in the XFL or the USFL for a few months? Maybe those are the two, those two leagues are one go play in the, I don't know what they're going to call it. The XFL slash USFL. I said I US XFL, like. but I mean, that that's wishing, you know, Who I, knows what I think they're, I think honestly, they could keep both brands and just have like, uh, I guess, uh, they have a championship game, have a, have interconference games during the season, Try to figure out like how, I, that's what I'm fascinated with. There's a lot of moving parts here. Trying to figure that that all out. I'm surprised that they're even close to figuring out a financial aspect of it. Who's covering costs and all that? So I, I'm really I'm a little bit in disbelief. I knew that this was a possibility. I just didn't think it would come this soon. Well, how do you think that's going to affect? Oh, go ahead, Jersey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm not. You got it. And the reason <laughs> being is because when the when Danny Garcia, listen to me. When Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson and, and Jerry Cardinal came to the conclusion that they were going to buy the XFL. I said, give it one year. I, this is my exact words. And you can ask my wife. I say, give it one year. They'll be merging with the USFL. Look where we're at now. And I said this to myself and I'm like, I can feel it happening because the USFL needs certain things to succeed. The XFL is going to need certain things to succeed. The USFL may have the things that the XFL needs to succeed. The XFL may, may have the things that the USFL needs to succeed. So eventually they're going to come to that agreement like, you know what, we need each other. And I said it. It's going to be a year in to the XFL revamp. And look where we're at. And I think that it's happening because of the way the seasons came about the way they were kind of rushed into, especially for the XFL, the XFL was kind of rushed into, you know, there wasn't a really much of a structure for them when it came to like the draft and everything, they kind of just threw it all together. You know what I mean? And then boom, the season comes a week after the Super Bowl. you know, so it was kind of rushed. Even these guys in training camp, they had what a five week training camp. They didn't even have a real full training camp. Their training camp kind of went into the actual regular season. You know what I mean? Because you really didn't start seeing teams mesh in the XFL to like week three, week four, week five, aside from, you know, the D.C. defenders and maybe even the St. Louis Battlehawks and things like that. But it was more of they kind of rushed into it. 
last season. And I felt that this was going to be coming. And people try to convince me, no, it's going to be two, three years down the line. But I'm like, how? They have to survive. You know what I mean? They well, have to survive financially. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people, I, I got to say the number one comment besides expansion with these leagues, I could write an article about Daniel Whalen, the punter with the Packers now. And the first comment will be like, I think these two leagues should merge. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the punter. You know, it's like, you right. know, I, 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 I think, you know, I think, I think everyone is thinking this, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, how's it? But how's it going to work? Like, how, how are you know? So we're going to find out now. I mean, so yeah, um, because there's a lot. I, you know, the, when be- when I was told to be honest with you, because I went through the CFL talks, because I know what mm-hmm. went, I got in the weeds with that, like talking to people in Canada, talking to ownership in Canada. I covered the CFL, so it's. Right. Um, talking to their reporters, their journalists who have inside sources and everything. You know, when you hear about that, the potential of it, you kind of like, it sounds awesome on paper because one of the weaknesses these leagues have is you only have eight dedicated markets, if that, that watch your league. So you're, you're limiting your ratings and your financial pool right out the gate. Most of these leagues don't expand to 16 teams right out the gate. They don't do the original USFL thing. They kind of fell on itself because they had a lot of bad owners that couldn't pay for their players were hiring farmhands to be the kicker and the punter. You had players like threatening owners at their house for paychecks. You had really right. bad owners that were like trading, trading franchises, like a fantasy team <laughs> players, you know, in a fantasy football. So a lot of these leagues, they do single entity and they try to cut costs and they don't go big so fast. You know, the UFL, UFL never got big, you know, uh, United Football League, unfortunately, that was a good product too on the field, but unfortunately, that was a mess behind the scenes. Nancy Pelosi's husband and everybody else uh, not paying their players and players having to borrow tape. Anyway, anyway, there's a lot of craziness there. So, um, but that's why you don't see. Yeah, so we just try. Every league seems like wants to like join in on this. You know, there's like a million other leagues that are trying to pop up. Arena, all these indoor leagues are trying to get in on the mix and trying to get in this space. I mean, that's that's cool, considering all the craziness we went through with COVID and everything else that everybody's trying to pop up now and try to do their thing. That's cool. More opportunities for more people. But a lot of times you don't go to, you know, one of the problems like these leagues have with ratings-wise, like the NFL has uh, so many dedicated markets, you know, because of fantasy football and gambling. If you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you'll watch a Saints game. If you're a Saints fan, you'll watch a Jets game, all this kind of stuff. And these smaller leagues, the XFL and USFL, you have only eight dedicated markets. If you can get to 16 teams without, you know, spending that much money, if you can figure that out from a financial model, you're going to have 16 markets interested in these games. So in right. theory. So it, I think the big thing here is, you know, if this merger happens, whether it be 2024 or 2025, is uh, all these teams got to get in their markets. They got to go get in their markets. You got to figure it out financially how you're sure. going to pull that off. They got to go. If you're going to have the breakers, put them in New Orleans. You're going to have the generals. You got to put them in the tri-state area. If you're going to have right. the stars, you got to put them in their markets. This, uh, if you're in Ohio anyway, just name one of your teams, Ohio. So if you're going to play Canton's, Canton's a beautiful place. That's an awesome place to have a football team. Ohio's an awesome place to have. They love football in Ohio. I don't care how much they love. And I don't care how much they love football in Ohio. They're not rooting for a team from Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, you have the Maulers playing in there. I'm sorry. They're not showing up for a Pittsburgh team. I don't care. And same thing with the Pittsburgh fans. They're not showing love to a New York, New Jersey team either. 
Right. You know, exactly. So, no <laughs> so, way. So I mean, you think like a Browns fan? You think a Browns or Bengals fan from Ohio is going to root for a Pittsburgh Maulers team? No. Oh, I, I like their black and gold. They're black and yellow. Right. More not likely gonna, to, to watch New Orleans not, or something. You know. Yeah. The black and orange. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, so, exactly. So I mean, well, it just not doesn't make sense to me. You're playing in Canton. Have an Ohio team. So anyhow, right. but hopefully, hopefully this stuff gets worked out. If they do the merger, hopefully they do the right things. I think both these leagues drop the ball when it comes to promoting their games, promoting their players, uh, tapping into the fantasy, tapping into the gambling. They don't, you want to develop revenue sources. These are the areas to do it. Transparency and information is how you do it. So they don't really follow that. Think that through. And they got to listen to their, look at the fan, look at the best fan bases, right? So the two best fan bases in spring pro football are the DC fan base and the St. Louis fan base. What do those two markets have in common? Now DC is changing now because, you know, uh, with commanders are doing well, obviously, but you know, Daniel Snyder's out of the mix there. So all of a sudden that kind of like market starting to embrace them. But DC was a frustrated market. The DMV very frustrated everything that's yeah. happened with that Washington franchise. So they've embraced the defenders in an alternate because they're so damn disappointed with the Washington franchise. And then we know about St. Louis, how they got screwed over 700 million times. Right. So, right. and so they've embraced it. So you got to go to markets that are clamoring for, for, for a pro football team, you know, whatever it may be, whether the Oakland's, the San Diego's, you know, Vegas, I saw somebody comment there. Why not play in Reno? And they've looked in every different option there. I, it would be cool if they stayed in Vegas. I know they wanted Allegiant, which seems crazy to me. Um, all the indications are that if Vegas still exists in this new merged world, that um, that all the indications are that the Vipers are going to be playing in either Arizona or Tennessee. That situation is fluid. They're looking into different places. It'd be nice if these two, one of these two leagues had a little more of a West Coast flavor to them. Um, you know, so, I mean, uh, you know, you had it with Vegas there, and I don't know uh, the configuration of the XFLs. weird, uh, who's in the north, who's not. The USFL doesn't have an L.A. or a Cali or a Bay Area or any of that kind of stuff. So it would be good if there was a little bit of a West Coast element uh, to these leagues as well. So there's a lot of flaws that I see within these leagues, and then uh, that unfortunately I think maybe if you get meeting of the minds and they work together, the football I never doubt. I think that that part of it is always going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. Except the fake fan noise. I don't like that. Get that oh my god. See, that's a problem. That's a problem. Like, like those are the biggest. <laughs> come on, like, you know, I. Those are the biggest issues with the USFL. USFL people who love the USFL, and I, I'm one of them. They hate hearing though people to bring up the fake noise and the empty stadiums and the. the it's kind of an embarrassment. It's an I'm embarrassment sure. that you have f- fake crowd noise. It's an embarrassment you turn on games and like 11 fans in attendance or 78. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. It's just not, you know, it's like, you know, you got to, you, 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 you got to get past that eventually. I understand why they're doing it, you know, but you, you got no fans. You got no choice. You got to pipe in some crowd noise. Otherwise it, it makes it, but their TV product, it's well-produced. I like the presentation, but when you nice. don't have, when you don't have the atmosphere, when you don't have the genuine atmosphere and you're you're looking at like COVID esque kind of kind of uh, games, um, it, takes, it, it hurts it your product. So hopefully, it takes away the. I feel yeah. bad for the players. They make a play. They make they make a play and they're pumped up and there's no home. I see sometimes like they're with the, the camera. Inclination is Sam. They go to celebrate with the and then they're just celebrating with empty seats. You know, and the cameraman. Like, uh, you know, it's like, the cameraman's their biggest yeah, fan. I, they go right up to the cameraman. Yeah, I saw. 
Yeah, A-Train yeah, right said, A-Train so. said the fake noise was for COVID purposes. And I, I remember yeah. that. But I remember, yeah. I mean, last year we had some fake noise too, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. All season we had fake Yeah, well, noise of course. I mean, it's play. crazy to go back to go oh, back Arlington. and watch a 2020 game. Yeah. It's crazy to go back and watch a 2020 game like in the NFL. And uh, and then you could you you watch uh you know the post COVID NFL during the COVID uh, the I know we're still going through a little bit of COVID and all that but I mean like straight full blast pandemic, um it, watching those games and how there was no fans in the stands and like there was no no home field advantage no no quarterbacks having to deal with crowd noise none of that it was odd it was odd but like these fans. teams have such these the it hurt the product but these teams have such a rich history. And that everybody knows who Patrick Mahomes is. Everybody's a big time Chiefs fan, Bills fan, whatever. People know the history that you'll watch those teams play each other in the parking lot. You'll watch Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, play in the park. But you know, with these leagues, you know, it really hurts them because they're not established yet. They're not established brands. They don't have a lot of, of name players that people, regular mainstream crowds, familiar with. So you need that atmosphere. People who check in on the XFL and they see the St. Louis game, they go, "This is kind of lit." They see the DC game and they see how awesome that crowd is. People who've gone to the games, they see yeah. this is this is it. This feels like a football league, right? So, um, so real feels like a real football league. So hopefully those elements start making their way into whatever merger league we, we end up with. I hope so. Brody said, when I watched the championship in Canton, the one thing I hated is we were standing up trying to be loud and they made us sit down. Now that's crazy. That yeah, sucks. That doesn't make any Brody. sense. Yeah, that, no. that doesn't make any sense. No, that's weird. It's kind of dumb. But you know but, what's yeah. crazy? Go um, ahead. Go ahead, Jersey. Mike, if I'm not mistaken, there were – talks of not only a cfl merge before the 2023 season with the xfl but before they actually launched were there actual talks of a possible merge between the usfl and the xfl before the season even started last season no yeah the the xfl and cfl thing that's that seems like 20 years ago but that's a few years ago now and the xfl actually canceled their return to play in 2022 um because okay. of their talks with the CFL, at least, at least that was their messaging behind that. The, the, here's the thing that, like, and I mentioned in the, I'm trying not to name names, but there are people who work within the USFL that are in the football side of things that worked in the XFL in 2020, that worked in the AAF, um, mm-hmm. and that that worked with people that are on, in the current XFL. And so um, that's why you see a lot of the, the USFL has a lot of barred, a lot of the rules from XFL 2020. And so, and so there, there's a, a natural uh, connection and fit between the two leagues there. Like Jim Pop, who's one of the top guys, a lot of CFL fans know who that is. He, um, he uh, built the Baltimore Stallions from the ground up to a championship team in the CFL. And he's one of the head uh, football personnel guys for the USFL. He worked with the XFL before they launched in 2020. So, and then you got Russ Giglio who works uh, on the XFL. He's one of the top guys in their uh, football operations department, along with Doug Whaley. He worked with Moose Johnson in the AAF and then in the XFL in 2020. So there's a connection. There's a lot of connections with these guys there. So I think there's a mutual respect, even though the ads, the Super Bowl ads, the Hollywood knockoff (laughs) league and all that stuff, you know, that's business. But I think there's a lot of mutual respect there uh, between the football side, like the coaches, the players, they all respect each other. A lot of USFL players from 2022 and coaches left for the XFL. And so 
So there's, 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 even though they left and they, they played in the XFL, they coached in the XFL, they still have friends in the USFL. They still have the Skip Holtzes and all that. So right. guys that they worked with the year prior. So, so I think there's a, the football side will be easy to merge. I think the business side and working out the calendar is really where I'm fascinated to see how they line that all up. So, I mean, from, from what we're talking here, we, this merger may be rushed, but we're looking at survival. We're looking at two leagues that want to make it, and they're going to have to work together in order to ensure a long-term success. That, that's what I I'm think it's about. I think it's a. I think it's about thriving. I think it's yep. about thriving. Yep. I think the fact that the, I think the XFL's expectations were that with the Rock, with XFL 2020 coming back, I think they thought they were going to be like a, a home, a grand slam, a home run that it was going to be a success and they didn't quite live up to that. They got on base, maybe like a single, maybe a double, but they didn't hit a home run and they, they didn't hit a home run from a revenue standpoint. And so I, I know that for a fact that they, that, that, that was the internal message that was sent by the higher ups to the employees there, that they didn't hit their revenue markers. They expected to make, you know, they expected to be a smashing success. They were not. And so, and the USFL side, they really were disappointed with this past season. That's great that Moose was candid and public about being disappointed with the ratings, attendance in Birmingham, all that. I mean, that was really cool. I was surprised that he came out and said that because that's what I'm hearing internally from people at, at NBC, Fox, USFL, that they really were disappointed. They expected their numbers to be much better in year two because they thought they proved themselves already. And that by coming back for a year two, like the general public would say, let's give this league a shot. And people that kind of dismissed it. So I, like I said, I mentioned early on in this, I think both entities see how they're in so they're doing okay with the survival part but at some point they got to thrive otherwise they're not going to be around for very long they're looking at the long game to them doesn't look great like the short game they can live through this and figure it out but the long they're not in this to just survive and get through it's a little bit easier on the fox side because you can write off the league you can you know you can get advertisers by saying hey We'll let you have MLB. Could you throw us? Could you advertise during USFL? You know, all this kind of stuff. You can do little side deals to, like, keep things afloat. And they're being smart financially so they can stay alive. But that's not enough to stay alive. They're looking. They really, what they kind of noticed is that, like, they don't really mean that much or as much as they thought they would mean in this space. Their goal is to really try to get some level of the mainstream football audience to, to watch their product and to interest creates revenue you want more people interested not they have right now a niche audience it's limited right they have whatever their one million plus viewers maybe for something and they it's really limited their 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 attendance is limited you know uh you know so they they want to be able to get to the point where they they got to do a better job promoting they got to better do a better job of creating um product awareness both sides do and so maybe this will work. Um, I, I hope it does because uh, for the longest time I've been an advocate of these leagues. I'm an OG USFL fan from way back in the day, so I've always rooted for this concept. So I I want to see I want to see this work. There's a chance this could work. They have to set egos aside and make the right moves together. Definitely agreed. What you got, Jersey? What you think about it? Honestly, um, I think it could work. If like like Mike said, they got to set their eagles aside for one. They have to it, in order for this to be successful. Three, four, five, ten years down the road, 
and you know more expansion and adding more teams and getting into more more financial markets that will actually give them some money you know what i mean by fans and and ticket sales and the whole nine you know it it, it comes down to them setting all their differences aside coming to a solid agreement on how this could be successful for both leagues to be able to provide not only jobs for these players, these coaches, you know, the staff that they've hired on the whole nine and to keep it going with a longevity that will give these guys, you know, something to look forward to. You know, one thing that the USFL did when it goes back to the marketing that, that um, we were talking about, they didn't do a great job about marketing, but the USFL did one thing that the XFL didn't. They came out with playing cards for their players. You know what I mean? And that was something that I thought was very, very, very smart. Because now those USFL fans of those teams can go and say, hey, I got tops trading cards of USFL players. You know what I mean? So it's something that the XFL didn't take into consideration as far as their marketing strategy. And we've seen that when they sat here and did an overhaul of, you know, letting go big portion of their marketing staff as well so you know a lot of this was coming as the season was progressing as the usfl season came along and as they seen the success not be where they wanted it to be you know what i mean so it, it just seemed like all of this was coming and like i said when i said this a while you know when the rock and, and danny garcia brought the league for the xfl when i said it i'm like ah, i might be wrong you know especially when i seen the xfl come back and you know I seen the battle dome and all the fans in there and people are going crazy and you're thinking, oh, okay, the cells are looking good. And it's like, eh, well, when you really go and look at the numbers, it's not what they really thought it was going to be. It may look good on TV, but when you really look at it, it's not where it's really at. And that's where, that's why we're at the situation we're at now. That's why we're in the talks of USFL and the XFL merging, because like Mike said, they both under, achieved their expectations they were trying to set the bar so high for themselves as as separate leagues and being in competition with each other kind of clashed and it kind of put them both at a point where now they're like okay we need each other <laughs> you know what i mean so now we're at a point where this could have been going on in the middle of, of the xfl season we don't know you know they Jerry Cardinal could have started already reaching out to Moose like, hey, things aren't going well. When your season starts up, if you're looking at the same thing, we might need to talk after your season's over or after both of our seasons over. You know what I mean? Some, something to that type of nature. And now look where we're at. You know what I mean? And I just feel like the merger, for some reason, I don't know, for some reason after all this today, I just feel like it has to happen in order for these leagues to survive in the long run. It just, it has to happen because yeah, in the long run financially, sure. like I said, the XFL may have some things that the USFL, the USFL needs to survive. And the USFL may have stuff that the XFL needs to survive when they're, whether it's money, whether it's marketing, whether it's, you know, whatever it could be, both of these guys need each other. So the Eagles have to get yeah. thrown out of the window. You know what I mean? And they have to come together and make it feasible for both leagues to succeed. It's kind of like the AFL and the, and, and the NFL all over again, <laughs> to be honest. 
Yeah, the one area where the, the one area where the USFL was lacking and it has been lacking for two years, and I, I don't know the direct answers to this. Maybe the XFL kind of skews younger because of the Rock and the, the whole wrestling connection back with Vince McMahon back in 2020. But right. the XFL did re really well in 1849 demo, the most important demo in television. They were consistently on cable. They were consistently ranked in the top 20. Yeah. And sometimes they had games in the top eight, top five. And so, and they did really well all season long on cable in that 1849 demo, whereas the USFL skews much older and they didn't do very well in that category. So, like, I know for a fact that ESPN was very happy with the XFL's numbers in that all-important yeah. key demo. And I don't know if it's the USFL because it skews older because they have a lot of, like, um, uh, teams that are, like, retro kind of names from, like, the 80s, which is, like, 40 years ago. So, so I mean, like, so maybe that's part of it. And the XFL has kind of, like, you know, the, the hipness of, like, D.C. and that fan base, that college crowd and all that. And so in The Rock or whatever. So I'm not sure, but I will say that maybe the XFL can give, you know, The Rock, because some people reached out to me and said, well, if they merge, you think The Rock's going to take a backseat and not be uh, kind of the pitch man? I said, no, he's going to be even more so now if they merge. He's, you're going to see him front and center repping both leagues. So, I mean, that's just like you're not – yeah, that's not – you're not going to put – you're not – if he's, no, he's one of the he's owners. He's got a lot of controversy going on right now. He's got a lot of controversy. I, I know. <laughs> NBC? Well, I mean, eh? Well, we got to – The gotta way you see with back, the Rock – He's got a lot. Well, well here's the thing that's going on with well, WWE. He just show, he just showed he just showed up on WWE and he had like I think the most views vir, uh, viral wise whatever it was three hundred nine million views or whatever their yeah, ratings were was through a the roof week for him yeah last week they they yeah. the, so he was busy all the way at ESPN talking XFL with you know the Pat McAfee and all those guys so if you think that the Rock is an owner of this league is not going to rep this or not going to promote this that he's going to run and hide. It's just not happening. No, it's not that so I don't, the moment. The moment, the moment this, the moment, and that's going to be weird for people. Him all of a sudden, if they merge, if this becomes one entity, which I'm not so sure that it's going to be, right? But let's just right. say if this becomes one entity, that's Rock going out there saying, check out the USFL on Fox, which he was just on Fox <laughs> doing the crazy ratings for SmackDown. And check out the U because SmackDown airs a lot of USFL ads. Uh, during the whole yeah. season, they did that. So if you um if if you see the Rock all of a sudden promoting the USFL, like hey, check out the Stallions and the Gamblers on on Fox this Sunday, this is an awesome game. We're showing highlights from that. That's just gonna weird people out. They're gonna feel like they're in an alternate universe after watching the Rock rep Player Fifty Four and the XFL, because that's where we were headed with the Rock with the XFL and the CFL, because Rock's former CFL player has connections to all this Canada and all that. His fa he, uh, family's from that area. His father, all that. So, um, so Wally Buono and all that. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be a little bit strange to see the. But I don't think the Rock is going to fade away, and and not promote these leagues. He promotes if that every wrestling league. thing comes back to bite so, him in the behind. I promise you, the Rock's going to have to take a back. He's what do you think is going to happen? Like Rock will probably he'll probably show up on uh, uh he'll probably show up on WWE television with an XFL or USFL outfit. Especially if sure, especially sure. Fox is new XFL United. Well, you know, well if, if, Fox, he was on Pat, if Fox is in business with the XFL, then why not? When he was on Pat McAfee, I mean he 
there wasn't much XFL talk, in my opinion. You had like a couple minutes. Yeah, it was only five there. minutes. It was only I mean, a few but, minutes, the usual spiel, yeah. But he was talking about all the businesses and all the investments and all these things. I mean, the XFL was kind of brought up nonchalant. Hey, yeah, it's a football league. We're running. Danny Garcia. And that's yada, usually yada. what happens. You know, when you have, when people have the run. Yeah, that's when you change my life, all that stuff. Do you, yeah. We've heard, we've watched so many of these rock interviews. It's the same spiel. The player 54, the, the yeah. change, you know. So, and yeah. then, you know, a lot of times when, when he goes on these shows to talk about the XFL, they, you know, they ask him about his own personal journey. They don't ask about the leagues of the players or the teams or the coaches or any of that. Every kind of time. And, every time. And, and then the Rocks Rocks got so much going on that they ask him about everything he's got going on, Terramana and whatever it else. It takes away from the league. Also. It takes away from the promotion yeah. of the league. Oh, he's, he's the star the power of the league. Sir. He's, he's, he's got to do that. But this, this is my thing. Yeah, so. why If you've got the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson – Rocky Maivia, the corporate eyebrow. I mean, the whole persona representing this football league as a co-owner and not the chairman. Just think about it. He has a lot of legal stuff going on. And I think if it were to, I'm just saying, if it were to come back and bite him in the behind, even with the merger happening, He's gonna take somewhat of a backseat and let Danny do her thing. All right, all right, Jer- all right, Jersey. I'm gonna entertain. I'm gonna entertain this just for a second. What's the legal stuff going on? What are we talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, I was curious about that too. The what you has a whole. Yeah, okay, let's take it to the WWE. Well, that, that, please don't, please don't bring up that crazy uh, story where uh, there's a there's a woman out there that's like suing a bunch of people about being kid. She's been kidnapped by the no, dead Regis Philbin the, and it, like it, every not, every celebrity that's ever existed. Yeah. But now it's gone strictly. Are you to, buying it? You bu- are you buying it? Are you buying into that conspiracy theory? Like George Clooney uh, took a fork and I put it in his back and like, threw her in. That's the crazy thing. I don't. But I, I don't think it's to mute to bite him in the ass. I don't think he's really. I don't think it's something that he's really involved with. With or but I but I think it's going to be something that could possibly come back and bite him in the ass because of the star. What else power is besides that? Besides that? Besides that bogus thing. What Disney else is involved him? with legally? Disney cutting ties with him. What's NBC that? cutting ties with him. Disney and NBC what, cutting young, ties with him. That's huge. What the yeah? But but that's not legal stuff. What do you mean, like Young Rock stuff? You're talking about Young Rock. I'm just saying, just that could hurt the the TV deals. That could hurt, you know, anything going <laughs> into the future. <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of his, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff could eventually. Him on, I don't back. think Rock has honestly. Honestly, you you can you can critique Rock for a lot of stuff. I know the Black Adam thing didn't go over very well, but Man. as far as Man. like from a pers- uh, like a persona thing or like a personal thing, Rock doesn't have a lot of skeletons in his closet. I know there's that crazy no. lawsuit that you know the George Clooney took a fork in the lady and threw her in Alaska or whatever crazy story that that woman came up with. But uh, but Arlington. I don't know. But like, like she's like, Arlington. Su- Arlington yeah, it's like dirty, you're letting dirty poison you. <laughs> it's, it's not that. It's just I look at all this stuff and I'm like, the whole conspiracy crap that goes on in the industry, in the entertainment business, in the entertainment world. I I look at some of it and I'm like, okay, some of it affects certain things some of it doesn't some of it is just there for 
good storylines and and for He's good news. Pretty clean, Dwayne. Dwayne, Dwayne is pretty. When it comes to like pretty clean personal image, Dwayne is pretty pretty clean. When I it comes to like personal image, all right, Dwayne let's is, move it. Oh well, let's the steroids is it is what it is. You know, let's move it. Let's move this conversation <laughs> on, guys. It's getting pretty stagnant talking about the Rock. We know he's famous. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have haters. He's going to have trouble. I mean, it, it, the man can't even make a comment about starting a fund without it becoming this huge thing. Yeah, it know? becomes a huge thing. So, yeah, yeah. Like trying I'll to help try, people in Hawaii. Let's, and let's try to keep the most of the politics out of the show. Let's get back to football, y'all. Let's let's talk Sounds more good. about this. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good, right. Matthew. All for it. So hey, let's talk about the relocations, Vipers and Roughnecks. Do we think this – you already said we're looking at Vipers leaving most likely. Roughnecks. Yeah, I mean, they're, Roughnecks they're are going to play. Right, Roughnecks are going to play at Rice. They're going to play at Rice Stadium. The Roughnecks. That's, they're staying in Houston. Um, there's no other so options merger, for them. If, if this merger happens, what comes into question is whether or not. Now, if it's 2024, 2025, whether or not the gamblers exist. Yeah, um, that's my question. And so, so that's a big. That's a big thing. Now, like we, we got to hear the details on this. Like, what whether or not going to these two leagues are going to operate separately during the same timeline, same calendar, and then have a championship game, or so then you can theoretically still have that. I don't know. I don't know right now. If they if there's um subtraction, uh, if teams are subtracted and we end up with twelve teams or fourteen teams, then it, to me, like the Vipers and the Gamblers might not make the cut. Easy unless cut, the gambler yeah yeah if, unless the gamblers end up like in austin i know they have that trademark the austin gamblers or something like that i can't see them sharing rice with the roughnecks roughnecks are not going anywhere they're staying in houston they'll probably end up back at tdecu once that construction's all over that's the reason why they'd be playing at rice it's a calendar issue there um so i'd like to see the guy like the, i like the gamblers i'd like to see the gamblers survive I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I want sixteen teams. Like so. Like I'm. I'm. I, I would be disappointed. In a perfect world, there'd be sixteen teams in this in this proposed league. I don't want to see people lose jobs. So I, I'm. I don't want to see coaches and players lose jobs. So I hope it doesn't get down to twelve or fourteen teams. I really hope not. Me either. Makes for better playing. I feel like, and then you're giving guys a lot more of opportunity there with the sixteen teams. Vipers. It does. It's not sexy to me. I got to be honest. Vipers playing in Arizona State. It's. It's not. It's not doing it for me. Vipers playing in Nashville or Tennessee. It's not doing it for me. Those are the two locations that I heard. I keep people keep telling me that it's fluid. That they're looking at other markets potentially. I hope so, because I know I like the Arizona Hotshots brand. But yep. they did. They were dreadful business-wise. They did awful attendance there. Anyone who worked within the AF, and there's people working the XFL right now, working ticketing, that talked to me about, tell them no, Mike. Tell them don't go to Arizona. <laughs> I would have told them no on Vegas, unfortunately. And they, they didn't listen. They went with that. It didn't work out for them. Um, so anyhow, so those are two. I would prefer San Diego, more of a West Coast vibe, more of a uh, Bay Area, Oakland. Um, if I was, if I was relocating the Vipers, but financially they might very well end up in Arizona state playing at that stadium with the Vipers. It is what it is. Understood. Is it crazy Understood. The Vipers keeps the Vegas Vipers name just plays in Arizona. It's only a three hour drive. Well, the, yeah, it's only a three hour drive. They can do that. It's not crazy to think they'll do that, but it's possible that they lose the Vegas altogether. That there's if they're I mean, why, Arizona, why lose the entire Tennessee. fan base? Why keep the why not keep no. the fan base? Is, I mean, if you're not you know, playing I, in if you're not 
if you're not playing in Vegas anymore, you have no reason to be called Vegas. You shouldn't. I understand that's the U, part of the USFL model right now with teams playing in the cities that they're not, you know, they're not playing in their namesake cities. So like the Maulers play in Ohio, whatever. So maybe I mean, the playing New York those Giants, New, New York Jets play in New Jersey. Yeah, but that's in the there's tri-state area. Space. That's that's not. I'm just saying there's plenty of space in New York in the building. We'll talk, when, I understand that's not three. That's not three hours away. That's not two three hours away. That's not the New Orleans Saints and not going to go play in Tampa. You know, I mean, so they can go there and play there and call themselves the New Orleans Saints, but uh, just won't mean as much. The Vegas Vipers are this unless there's like some last second uh, turnaround here. They're not going to be a Vegas, unless they figure it out uh, like out of nowhere. They're not going. I don't agree with them trying to get an allegiance. I don't know why they're still. They would still entertain that. Um, Las yeah, Vegas ballpark. The I think they had an interest in that. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, they go anywhere. They go to Arizona. They go to Tennessee. They go to another market. They go somewhere in the Midwest, maybe to be closer to St. Louis or what what have you. Um, to some of these markets, they're not going to be called Vegas anymore. I mean, right. the, 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 Viper, the Viper part, I would argue that you should change the name completely. They got a lot, they got a lot of heavy lifting here to do when uh, yeah. it's never a good thing when, when after one year of your return, you're abandoning a brand. I've never been a fan of that. But the Cashman thing was a disaster. So um, I'm sorry. It just was every which way but loose. Um, and the Vegas market wasn't very receptive to it. Like the media in that market were disrespecting the league while the games are going on. I'm talking about we're, we're leaving right now. We're leaving in the first quarter, leaving the second quarter. Oh, that's enough of this. I'm getting out of here. You know, so, I mean, that's that market did not embrace the league. So, I mean, um, they made a mistake. They made a mistake going there. I like the brand. I think the colors are awesome. I love the name. I, I, I like the players, Jeff Bedette. There's so many good players on that team. Jalen McClendon was fun to watch him grow at the end of the year. Um, there were some good stories on that team. Um, so, but, but uh, I, I would be very, I would be shocked. There have to be like an all of a sudden a change that where the Vegas Vipers existing in Arizona, uh, not happening. So they're either going to play in Vegas and be called the Vegas Vipers or, or, you, if the merger happens and there's 12 or 14 teams, if you're asking me which XFL team doesn't make it to this 12 team league, let me tell you, Vegas. So, like, you know, there, you know, I think Orlando's got a better chance because Orlando's got a home. And so, I would say, if you were going to say, like, cut off, if you're going to say cut off an, X, an XFL team, which one doesn't make it? Uh, the first team I'm pointing at is the Vegas Vipers. Sorry. They don't, first off, they don't have a home. So, so I mean, uh, that's kind of that's kind of the story there. So, if this merger happens, right. they're one of the first to go on the first. On the, it's a shame. Uh, it really is. I understand why they went into Vegas. I understand why they did that. Um, what the potential they Redbird saw, Jerry Cardinal saw, but they dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, I'm all for a rebrand, honestly, and it could be the same colors, same name, maybe new logo, whatever. Give give the fans something that they can trust because clearly. If we're going to have failures here, I mean, we don't want to keep doing the same stuff over and over. 
that's one of the and i follow these i followed these leagues for a long time and that's one of the things that that hurt the original usfl too they were moving franchises left and right so what it tells is the new market too that they move to is like what makes me think that i should invest in this team you're probably just going to move them anyway exactly. so i mean like so it's so it's like a it's really screwed over leagues in the past when they when they do that relocation stuff. So I, you know, I, I give them credit for you know taking the L and realizing that they need to move in a different direction. That it's just I have to question what direction they choose. Russ Brandon and in that group, they might not make the right call. We'll see. Understood. What do you guys think about the CBA agreement? I mean, are we going to roll right into that being XFL? You know, it's a little lower pay there for the XFL guys and the. Uh, USFL guys, from my research at least. Um, do you? Yeah, think on average, on average, the XFL. Yeah, on average, the XFL player makes more because they're paid uh, more during training camp, and they have a win gotcha. bonus structure with the US, gotcha. which the USFL doesn't have. So, like example, a player like Abram Smith, you have to be on a really good team for this. A player like Abram Smith made close to, I believe, it was ninety thousand dollars this year. Understood. The average average salary is fifty fifty k in the XFL, not counting training camp pay. And then it's 53K in the USFL. And so the win bonus structure is a big factor. That's why you saw DC Defenders players, when they won the uh, their championship game over the Dragons, they were screaming richest team in the league because uh, because they kept getting that win bonus money and it went up in the postseason, went up in the playoffs. So that's a fascinating <laughs> element to it. Um, that was hilarious because Danny's introing the players and stuff and you hear their players screaming richest team in the league. So, I mean, they made their uh, money. Yeah, if they made their money, they made 90K. So so um, the CBA is interesting because the USFL has a three-year agreement. And exactly. so that's another hurdle in this whole thing. The XFL doesn't have a union agreement. So um, how that gets grandfathered in, how that gets worked out, remains to be seen. So so that that is definitely one of the hurdles in, in announcing that, okay, we're on. Yeah, yeah, it seems pretty impactful. I know they worked hard for that last year. I remember reading. You could about potentially, it. you could potentially keep both leagues apart. USFL keeps their CBA. The XFL does their thing, and then they they um they pr- cross promote and promote their games together. And then at the end of the year, they have a championship game interconference, but they keep that kind of like as two separate entities, but one kind of thing. But that's a difficult one to figure out. Like. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a. It was great that the USFL players got their CBA because they didn't have their housing costs covered for them. Um, that in the year one they had that issue, so you had a lot of guys like like renting spots to living together to save money and all that. So that That's that expensive. helps, but that is expensive. So that that helps, and you know, so that that was a big thing. They really needed it. The XFL players were taking care of full housing, full costs. They didn't really desperately need a union to get all the perks that USFL players got in year two because the XFL players already had it. Understood. I got a couple questions I want to ask if that's cool. People commenting. Uh, Jay the Mime. Now, Jay, I don't know where you've been the whole episode, but he says, can you answer my question? Do you think this merge gets done based on what you all are hearing? I mean, I'm in disbelief. Like, I can't believe, you know, I believe it when I see it, but everything suggests right now that it's going to get done. I know there's multiple media reports that are saying that it's going to be done this week. Um, I'm still in, I believe it when I see it. I know they're in talks. I know that they reached out earlier this summer, talked to each other, two main people within both leagues 
suggested it to the bigwigs, and then I'm surprised that the bigwigs actually met. And and so uh, it's not a hat in hand on either side going, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? The football people suggested it to the business people upstairs, and then the business people said, that's a pretty good idea. Let's set up a meet. So I know there's a lot of different stories out there that like uh, one side went to the other side, waited till the championship game was over and said, excuse me, Mr. Magoo, move, move, move to the side so I could talk to Mr. Moose. No, it wasn't like that kind of like begging kind of thing going on that's being reported out there. But it started out, it started off on in, um, innocently enough. And then the football guy suggested, what if we work together? And then the business part of it, the ownership side said, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's let's sit down and talk about this. I didn't think it would accelerate to this point. This is pretty shocking um, that it's I, I thought this would be more of a 2025 thing. And it might still be. They might announce a merger. They might announce a merger or a union or whatever, however they want to coin that phrase. And then officially, officially do full on merger a year from now. I know a lot of people are not going to want to wait for that. But um, we'll see. Is is 2020, 2024 a viable start time? Because you've got a, a lot to figure out if these two leagues are together. Are you starting in February? Or are you starting in April? I'm starting in March. <laughs> if that's me. Or March. <laughs> yeah. Or March. Split the difference. Well, right? There. There's no way. Everybody's got arguments for and against. There's no I way know, to avoid it. You know, if you go, well, uh, if let's start in february well february it's too cold out or if people just watch the nfl they don't want it okay let's start in march oh wait a minute march madness is here well how stupid are you to like try to mess with march madness all right so let's start april may june and july oh people are doing stuff during the summer and now they're watching the nba playoffs they're watching nhl like they, they so there's like never a perfect time for these leagues do it on a weeknight. Do it on a weekday. Do it during the NFL season during the week, which is always the stupidest idea. Nobody's going to pay attention to these leagues if they're on a Wednesday during the NFL. I'm sorry, man. People are wrapped up in college football in the NFL. They're not going to if they're they're not they're not they're just and and it's already been tried. The United Football League already tried it. They did it during the NFL season, during the fall, during the middle of the week. And I was there at Giant Stadium, which was called back then for the New York Sentinels, Ted Cottrell coaching them. They had maybe 28 people in that stadium for the game. So they figured, hey, it's during the weekdays. Nobody's going to care. They, they had a game going on while the Yankees were playing the World Series, which was kind of stupid, but they had no choice. That was the schedule. So anyhow, so it, there's never a perfect time for these leagues. There never really is. So, But they have to figure that out. They have to figure out their calendar when, they, when they're going to situate it. Understood. What do you think about it, Jersey? You think we're going to be rolling by 2024 with this expansion? 2024 sounds a little far-fetched, but if they've already been, you know, in the talks and in the works, hell, we never know what could happen. You know, they could announce a, a merger this year and not, you know, take it into full effect until next year, or they can announce the merger and all the details <laughs> for this year. So, you know, we never know, but... I think it's going to happen. I think it's for sure going to happen um, from the sources that are spreading the news and a lot of reports. It could be as late as, you know, or, or excuse me, as early as this week and as late as the end of next week. So there's no telling what's going to happen. But I think that 2024 being a viable start time, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it too much a viable start time because I think it will kind of be rushed. You know what I mean? Because. They just signed it or they just passed a CBA agreement. And like Mike was explaining, there is no type of union agreement within the U.S. or within the XFL. So 
now these players are going to have to sit back and be like, well, I want to be a part of the CBA. You know what I mean? Do I want to be a part of this union? Do I want to have my, you know, do I want these things to change that we didn't have to put in the act? You know what I mean? We're getting our meals paid for and our room and board and things like that paid for. And, you know, if we go to this whole CBA agreement, that goes away. So, you know, there's some a lot of factors to take into play about this whole merger and, you know, what actual effects it can have on the future as well. So I don't know if, if 2024 is a viable start time, but it could be possible. It, it's very possible to happen. It just wouldn't be – I don't think it will be successful as much as they would want it to be if they rushed it and try to push this launch for, you know, um, 2024, I think it would be too rushed to, to really do it. So I don't think it will really be a viable time to do. I think they should announce the merger in 2024 but or announce the merger for 2024 or whatever the case, but not actually do the merge until the end of the season and the actual offseason of 2024. We had a fan comment that said the CBA will be voided by the league as an entity because that will no longer exist. So. Who knows? Yeah, I'm it's not interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the the verbiage is interesting because a lot of the reports are saying equal merger, and so mm-hmm. it's like a lot of this is saying 50-50 that they're going to be uh, that it's not going to be uh, one side absorbing the other. So it's not like uh, the XFL all of a sudden absorbs the USFL, and you're mine now. You're under my agreements, yep. and. It's not the other way around. The USFL all of a sudden absorbs the XFL. Hey, now we got you guys got to get in line with what we're doing. So uh, I, the devil's going to be in the details here. That's what the most fascinating part about this is. Like how deep do they go in immediately? Um, you know, how far are they going with this? So I, I think it's kind of exactly. it's cool that they actually it's cool that they can sit. They, they, they actually I know how it started. I know the two football heads got together and said what if and then they sold it to the higher-ups and then the higher-ups actually got together and sat down and talked because they liked what they were hearing the the idea of it and i think they're both in this position because like i mentioned early on they they see the short game and they they see the long game right now currently and it doesn't look very promising for either side and so they, they think the potential of a merger can create a better long game for both ends. So we'll see if that's the correct call. I think they're kind of right on it because I think right now, from what I've seen, the way uh, the USFL and the XFL have done in the marketplace, they're, they've done okay, but they're, they're, they have, they're limited in terms of their business model, financial model, limited in terms of their appeal. They're not attracting mainstream football fans. So uh, they uh, maybe a small percentage of them, but not really. So so that that I think that's the goal of Fox and Redbird is to attract mainstream sports fans to watch these leagues and invest in them and put money down and create uh, generate revenue. So anyhow. So, yeah, it's uh, we'll see how it goes as far as voiding CBAs and all that. But if it's an equal merger, maybe the USFL just operates. doing their thing xfl still does their thing and then maybe there are games in between the two you have to figure that out maybe there's a championship game between the two um so we'll see how it all that's the fascinating part that i don't know yet i don't know if like i'm i'm surprised that they've reached this point where 2024 is even a possibility to be honest i'm still wrapping my head around it 
Yeah, I had a and comment think, here that go ahead. I think ahead. if they were to do something to that nature where they would have, you know, the XFL do their games, the USFL do their games, and then have, you know, like a type of playoff, we could still be able to see somewhat of a long season because we'd have a February to June, maybe July season, but it would take so much to put that together. You know what I mean? Because you gotta have enough games between the XFL teams enough games between the USFL teams, then enough games between the two leagues itself, and then we go into the playoffs, then we're looking at championships. It's like it's so much to try and take in and, and yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna have inner conference games or a championship game, then both leagues must start at the same time. So whatever right. that is like because you can't have like say an XFL you can't have like Arlington win the championship in May and then they wait until July to play the Stallions where we, we all assume the right. Stallions are gonna keep winning forever. So, so, um, so you can't kind of, you can't do that. Plus those, plus those players on the teams are going into NFL camps. The t- players that finish up an XFL season in May, they're not going to wait around for some championship game. You're going to lose your, your players to NFL teams. You're going to sign with NFL teams. So if they were to do some kind of like, okay, XFL and USFL exist side by side kind of thing, we promote each other's games. We're on each other's networks. We do all this kind of stuff. And if they're going to do any interconference or championship game, then they're going to have to line up. It would be crazy if they did a February all the way through July season. Boy, um, that would be players would get paid more. Yeah, players would get paid more, but we're talking about like the CFL has a 21 week regular season, and you know, so their their teams, so it's long. You know, they have they have multiple bye weeks and all that. So you'd you'd have to figure that out. But I and the original USFL was crazy enough to do long 18 game season uh, and all that. So that's what they did back then. Herschel Walker was rushing for like 2,500 yards in a season. So it's uh, so figuring that out is very is fascinating. Like, where do they land together? I would like to see them do, even if they're not doing full-blown merger in 2024, some kind of championship game between the two leagues would be cool. If they, if for sure, they, if they kind of that game 2024, you just have to line calendar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it'd be sweet if it was like the, uh, the 2001 XFL, the $1 million game. You know, that'd be awesome, something <laughs> along those lines. I would, I would pay you to watch that. Uh, but yeah, it would be so much trash uh, talking if it's like Stallions Battlehawks in a championship game or something like that. Oh it, my, would be, it would be fighting. like it, it would you'd have people fighting left. It'd be, it'd be a better fighting than it is now. At least it's like about who, what team's better, who's going to win kind of thing. That's like cool. No hey, doubt. Hey, Avian. Um, I'll be on this, com- this comment real quick, Mike and, and Matt. What you got? I'm, I'm hearing. Is Saudi money might be possibly getting involved in all this? I don't know nothing that, about is that. that a sounds, 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 sounds like it sounds like a dirty suggestion to me. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. If dirty's out there, um, anything is possible. <laughs> I remember when I remember when Saudi bought the WWE, and that didn't really go happen. Um, that was a big report. Anything is possible. They're both they both hired investment firms. Um, to uh to 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 drum up capital to raise capital so both of them that's public knowledge usfl basically their first year the league was like an infomercial to trying to sell the league and they're still trying they're entering year three and they're still trying to sell their franchises to sell bring in and roping investors redbird's certainly trying to do that for the xfl they haven't succeeded on that end either so uh, could saudi money make its way in uh, anything is possible. I wouldn't rule it out. I haven't heard anything about that, but uh, 
you know, if anybody wants to like uh, invest a uh, uh, hundred million, five hundred million, uh, please do so. That'd be nice <laughs> if we did that. If, if, the podcast. if they want yeah, yeah, well, you could just send a couple bucks my way too. I'll hey, ten percent of but, the uh, proceeds go to XFL. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people realize like how expensive these leagues are to run. Like, oh yeah, even crazy. when you're even when you're, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. People think of them as minor league entities. They think you know you just need to get some popcorn from the local stop and shop. You know, it's like, you know, just, a, you know, it's like very expensive to rent these venues for travel expenses, for paying insurance and all that. I do think if you've got this, the, the sexy part about this is if you have a a joint football league that's on Fox, ABC, NBC, ESPN, Disney, all that, that is really cool. If you can kind of, because the XFL kind of had the XFL ratings in 2020 dwarf the, cr the crap out of the ratings we've seen. Yeah. And I understand it's a different landscape now, you know, like, you know, things have changed streaming and otherwise. But the XFL in 2020 had the benefit of having, at the same time, games on Fox and ABC. So that would just be in play now for the, but with the added element of NBC and the streaming and all that. So, so it it can be more viable league. The whole idea is to create um, a model, uh, a financial model, and a model business model that's you know enticing to investors. I think it would be much more the USFL and XFL combining joining forces be much more enticing to investors, especially with that exposure package. That's something to be envious of. To if you have that kind of if you can get all these parties together, and like I said, it happened in XFL in 2020. Like Fox and ABC had no problems promoting each other's games, which was kind of cool back then. So uh, they can do the same thing. I, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Anything that builds this brand um, and builds the possibility of these type of entities succeeding and actually lasting, I'm all for it. So hell, talk with TBS and Turner. I'm just saying. It's an extra. It's it. TB, you got to imagine one. football. You put that's the thing. Football game on TV. If you got you get more traction. That's the thing too. Now, Th think about it. You have to figure out the scheduling too. If you've got a sixteen-team league, it's more games now. So if you're mm -hmm. running at the same time, you're talking eight games a week. You know, you got six. If you got sixteen teams, so so that's that's even better. That's better for gambling. Better for everything else. Fantasy, all that. So it's it's a lot more fun, a lot more interesting. You have to figure out the schedule, but if you've got Fox, ABC, ESPN, you can work it out. You might have to do For some sure. unique youth triple headers kind of thing. So I mean, uh, you might do some of that. You know, which one o'clock game, four o'clock game, prime time game, which would be funky, yeah. right? So you could yeah, do, you could do a lot of interesting. Yeah, yeah. As fans, I would love it. I, the CFL does it. I'm a huge CFL guy. They've been, they've wisely during this part of the season avoided Sundays with the NFL. So they got a they got a Friday game, and then on Saturdays they've had a lot of like triple header action. So they that's get an awesome. early afternoon game, the middle, and then do that. So so that that's smart, you know. You're still going up against college football and all that, but but still better than going up against the NFL. So um so anyhow that it could be fun with the networks there. They become a more viable entity if uh, um with that kind of exposure. That's ridiculous if they've got all those networks working together. That's every network that matters. Every yeah. man across yeah. promoting, uh, that's just that's that's pretty sexy. Yeah. You'll you know, be looking that, at that, could, that could be really cool. Team wanting to buy into that, you know, they'll be like, hey, well, hey, yeah, throw, throw some games on TBS, or CBS, or TNT, you know, <laughs> it's all gonna come. It, it was pretty, 
Yeah, it was pretty wild this season how like there were the, these guys had games against each other, the USFL and yeah. XFL, that is. You know, it was pretty wild how that was going on. It'd be nice if you could space it out where they're not right up against each other and all that. So that was that was crazy. Like week one of the uh, USFL season, the XFL had the highest rated game on that Saturday. The USFL had two games on Saturday on network television. The XFL had an afternoon game. Might have been Roughnecks Vipers. I'm trying to remember who was that afternoon game. But that was the highest rated game of of that, that weekend was the, was the XFL game on network television was higher rated than the two um uh USFL opening games I think with the Showboats opener and I think the Stallions uh, were playing that weekend as well so so that was um that was that was ABC like amazing game, to see. Right? yeah that was an ABC game yeah, at noon yeah, yeah. and that was the, high, the highest yeah, the, all the all 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 the XFL's ABC games averaged over a million viewers. Yeah. So um, for the season, so and they just didn't have enough of them. They only had whatever was eight right. or nine during the season. So anyhow, but yeah, it th- that's the best part about this is, uh, it's like this kind of super spring league is having these all these networks on board to promote, and uh, it would help you know ratings wise if they're they're just like cross promoting left and right. Um, and they're really putting all their resources together. So that could that could be a, a beneficial to both sides or one side in this case if they're truly one. Yeah, Avian, that's what his question was basically. I mean, what do you see the two leagues merging? How would their access to Fox and Disney both uh, benefit the leagues and, and get additional investors? So I mean, you already answered it. But yeah. he's he's thinking along the same lines, Avian. Yep. So um, so yeah, is it possible to get additional investors because of this move? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. It calls for more investors in a way. If yeah, they have more games to sell. You know, like the, the NFL, like expanding their season and everything else. It's like the NFL is a monster, no question about it. But like they, they just have they have so many markets that are invested in the games. They have so many games. These smaller leagues, they don't they only have a few games a week. They only have a few markets that truly, truly care. You know, the ones that play in their actual cities. So, um. So that's that's kind of the story there. So the more the bigger you, the league is, I think the more of a chance you have if you can handle the finances of it, and you got two right. entities here putting their resources together. The bigger the league is, the better. Imagine the slates you can have, like eight game yep. slate. Um, so that's just they, there's there's so much great potential with this. I I really hope they they put their heads together and come up with a good plan because if they do this right, this can be an absolute home run. Because it's like the NFL now taking more games overseas. You know, we got some games in what Frankfurt here. We got we've have been having a lot more London games. You know what I mean? So it's 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 kind of the same token. You have to go and look at the markets that you'll be able to bring your product to. You know, and the NFL is like, well, hell, we we got we took over the United States. Let's go overseas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's start really making the brand of the National Football League become worldwide. You know what I mean? To where and there will come there will come a day there will come a day when there is an NFL team maybe in London or the NFL team. Somebody some sooner or later somebody's gonna tap into that Mexico tree, you know. And yep. it's like it's like so there will come there will come a day where you know it's unfortunate these leagues don't have the financial backing. They might need Saudi money for this to actually have a, a Mexico franchise because that's an untapped yeah. market. They would make a for lot sure. of money if they could ever figure that out. So also what this could do in the long run is these leagues. Like they can get even better football talent uh, mm-hmm. over time if they're merged together, if it's one sole outfit, and if they actually get to the point where they make more revenue, 
because That's then you about. can you you can actually pay quarterbacks more. You can actually like convince certain players to join your league. A lot yep. of people are still on the fringe about this. A lot of players won't play in the league. So so um so that's like a that's a big selling point and um and so I hope this thing exists. I think it's so great for the football landscape. I hope this comes through and I hope they make the, they take the right steps here to make it work. I think it's fun. I think it's awesome. I think the, honestly the only way for them to survive and thrive in my opinion is for this to happen. I I'm very skeptical. I'm very skeptical that either of these leagues on their own can make it over the long term. I'm very skeptical. I am too, but it's smart by merging because you look at it, you get us, you give the American people a full NFL season, then you give them a full spring league season. They're like, well, hell, we do got year-round football. You know, I think by them merging in and 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 actually expanding to sixteen teams as one full league, I think it gives those NFL fans who have that urge for football all year round, who really want the NFL to keep extending their season and extending their season. I think it kind of helps those football junkies that, that love football start to get into, you know, the spring football and really get into it and say, Hey, I'm going to pick a team to root for. You know what I mean? Especially yeah, in it, the market area. I agree. It takes time to build up interest in markets. You know, the NFL has brands that have been around forever, the Green Bay Packers, yep. all this stuff. So it takes time to build, you know, the Defenders brand, the Battlehawks, which are strong brands they brought back from 2020. So uh, I, I think you have that. I think a big thing with this, you got to look at it outside of the bubble. Our bubble, we're super fans. We love, we're advocates for for this product we're gonna watch it no matter what right but right. the mainstream football fan what's the hook to watch what was the hook to watch the usfl in year two? Oh, they're in memphis now they're in michigan now that helps a little bit but yep. it wasn't enough it wasn't enough that's why the ratings went down so it wasn't enough uh that's why they did you know they were surprised they were really disappointed in birmingham because birmingham is number one the stallions are an awesome franchise they're so well run they have a great coaching staff great front office yeah. so many talented players like they all, almost all the players that signed in the nfl from the usfl were stallions it seemed like anyway mm -hmm. it's like 18 or 19 i lost track at some point there's a bunch of them so i mean and it was a shame that in year two their attendance went down you would have figured the team won a championship you would have figured Birmingham has been burned so many times by these leagues. They, the Stallions are a cool brand. They got cool jerseys, cool name. They got history. You know, they're, they they should have done better. And it was a shame that they didn't do very well. So what's the hook for these leagues? Like, what's the hook for year three of the USFL? We might be in some new markets. What's the hook for the XFL in year two? The hook is like, you know, defenders and battle Hawks fans are happy that their, fan, that their teams are back. And maybe this year they'll go all the way and win it. It's cool to see the league in year two, how it progresses. But they're really, as far as the mainstream fans, the casual fans go, this might attract some people to like, all right. Like, it's almost like a brand new thing. Like, okay, I got to check out this USFL, XFL thing. This is crazy. Yep. 16 teams actually now? Getting together. Yeah. Right. Like, Maybe I'll check it out. Well, it's like, yeah, you know, it's two different leagues of eight teams. And now you got. Some of those East Coast and South teams and mid, you know, Midwest teams mixed with these bunch of Texas teams, and you know what I mean. How the XFL has it's like now people are going to start really sparking an interest that weren't really interested in the two leagues as separate entities. You know what I mean? That's one thing I can see happening as well. 
Yeah, and more casual fans are going to give it a shot if they see this is like, wow, these mm -hmm. two leagues merge and now it's 16. So, uh, like, or whatever it is, maybe they end up with 12 or 14. I don't know. But I, I think they're, they're these two, yeah, however it happens, I think they're looking to create buzz and positive momentum. There wasn't a lot of positive momentum for the USFL in year two. And, and for the XFL, they, like I said, they, they, um, they didn't match the expectations that, that they had internally. They really thought that they were going to be a lot bigger than they were. They did okay. They, they had decent attendance. Their ratings were fine. You know, they had, you know, they made profits, but they just, they really thought they were going to hit an absolute home run. They did not. Yeah. And they, yeah. they really dropped the ball in the local market, especially when it came to local marketing for, for these teams to have their own, you know, fields to play in, in the respective cities. They really dropped the ball in the local marketing. You know, we should have had news teams and, and you know, reporters from local news stations covering these games and reporting on these games and interviewing players and coaches and things of that nature and having post-game interviews and things like that, and they did. And that's a, I think that's a one thing that really killed the XFL when it came to really drawing the fan attraction to these respective cities. You know, you've got these teams playing in their own backyard. They have a field to play in in their backyard. You know what I mean? And you're not giving them the push or the promotion that they need to get people to say, hey, let me actually go check them out. Like my thing with Vegas, if you if they would have promoted Vegas the right way and they would have actually did renovations to Cashman to where it was a, a good field to play on before the season started and they didn't wait till what September, October to say, hey, we're going to. We're going to play in Vegas. We're going to move the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Vipers to Vegas and call them the Vegas. But, you know, if they didn't wait to the last minute and they had more time to prep, get a better stadium, or at least get cash to par, I think if they would have did the local marketing right for all these teams, especially for Vegas, especially for Vegas, you got the Aces coming in, winning the WNBA championship. You got the Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup, you know, bringing that winning championship atmosphere type of feel to the city you would have gotten these people in Las Vegas. Trust me, I'm one of them. You would have got us to come and support the team. You would have got us to jump on that bandwagon. You know what I mean? And they just dropped the ball tremendously when it came to local advertisement and promotion. You know, they bought they bought uh, they being Redbird Capital and um, Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson. They bought this league in the summer of August of uh, August of 2020, and they had plenty of time to pick pick their markets. And to, to have the strat the right strategy, Vegas was chosen because of the cachet and the gambling aspects. And you know, there's a little bit of you know, but it's a different market than it was the Las Vegas Outlaws, who did really well in the XFL in 2001. Yeah. They drew good crowds and all that. You know, the Raiders are in there. You mentioned the Aces and all that, but you know, they it was ill conceived. You know, they didn't they they didn't think they would get the resistance that they did. And then, as far as the media aspect goes. If you're in the USFL's PR department, if you're in the XFL's PR department, you have to bend over backwards to get the mainstream media to pay attention to you. Yeah, it's hard. You have to roll. It's very hard. You have to roll out the red carpet. You have to, again, I'm probably going to curse here. You have to kiss butt, you know, I mean, and basically you have to do whatever it takes to get these people to come sample yeah. you and to, to promote the league and all that. You really have to work super hard for that because they're going to blow you off. You're going to get a snobbish elite you're going to get like vegas media members during the vipers game publicly on social media saying i'm leaving right now i'm getting out of here this i've had enough i've, I've seen eight plays i'm gone this is garbage product i don't want to be here 
you know so and then that's your media members saying that on social media that's a shame but i know you made some good selling points there for vegas but and they they really they i don't blame you know they tried what they could i'm surprised they averaged six thousand fans um in, in that stadium they tried but it, they, it just it was a flop it was a bad decision there were better markets to choose than vegas um that would have done better and so so it just it was a, a mistake on the xfl's part and the fact that they're already out of it they're already getting out of their lease with cashman tells you that they i already knew that i reported that during the season that they knew they had buyer's remorse immediately so yeah and they ended up with cash cashman was a last resort um so they they it was too late in the game and it held up the entire league and here we are with the vipers again theoretically holding up the entire league now this merger may change the equation of how many teams are in the league but here we are again vipers because they like you know the houston situation will be settled they'll they'll play at rice yeah. you know they they, no they so that there. it's just yeah no worries there the vegas thing it's kind of it's a it's disappointing how it worked out you know so um on paper it sounded great but they executed it poorly so that's a poor reflection on ownership they made a bad choice and then they didn't execute a good plan so i can't excuse yeah. jerry Cardinal red bird on that i can compliment them on other areas but mm, gotta tell the truth on that one yeah agreed let's move on to some more questions i don't want to beat that dead horse i beat it myself on this podcast too many times um we know the failures in Vegas were obvious. Move on, do better, fix it, do better. Either way, do something, make a move. That's my thing. Action speaks louder than words in any degree. Um, but hey, here XFL Mike said, what percentage of these questions do you think they have already answered? And I'm thinking they means the XFL and USFL head honchos. They have been working on it for a while and probably had to overcome a lot of the same questions before they dare propose it. It's such a small, like I said at the beginning of this, I know that was like 11 hours ago, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're almost done, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, there, but there was such a small percentage of people within the USFL and XFL that even knew about this. And then so, so right now, like I said, I've got personnel people within the XFL that are saying that they're waiting to hear. Uh, they're waiting to be briefed. They haven't been told anything by league executives. And that's people that's people high up in the food chain on the teams that didn't even know about this. And I had coaches today reach out to me, coaches on teams uh, in the USFL and XFL that said that were asking me if this was true, number one, and number two, how long have I known? And I knew that both sides were having preliminary discussions. I didn't know that they went this far. My guess is if they announce something quickly that I got to I got to applaud them. If it's like a full-scale merger right out the gate for them being able to iron out all these details and figure it out. But my guess is if they announce something quickly, then it's going to be pretty simple in 2024. And then maybe in 2025, it's going to be something more elaborate. That's my sense. guess on it. Because because it, even if they've been talking, I know the reports have been out there that they've been talking since July. They waited right after the championship game was over for the USFL. And then they ran over to the USFL's house and asked them if they want to do something. Um, even <laughs> hey, if the report, even if those, even if those bogus reports are true that they've been talking since July, um, you know, um, they uh, for them to work out all the finer details of a merger right out the gate, that's impressive, and super so impressive. it's really that's super impressive if they're able to work that out, figure that out. It makes me think that if whatever they announce, if they announce something this week, maybe I know some people are speculating it could be on Thursday. We'll see. Um, there are people reached out to me saying mentioning Thursday. When I go and reach out to the PR people in both leagues, they go, Thursday, really? I didn't hear anything about Thursday. So it's like they've really kept this under wraps no, and a secret. 
yeah there's been they've been really but that's the thing they've they've really been kept in the dark that's the thing that surprised me the most about hearing this stuff is how they've been kept in the dark and they've been able to keep this a secret and internal and that it's really just the higher ups the two two or three big heads of the football operations team that are in the league offices and and then of course the big wigs shanks cardinal garcia johnson etc they're the only people that are like privy um that inner circle russ brandon that they're they're privy to all this stuff so i if something gets announced quick, my guess is that it's going to be simple in 2024. If if some if there's a little bit of delay in an announcement here, my guess is they have they haven't ironed out all the particulars that they're close though. The fact that they're close, which is what the reports are out there, is amazing to me. I really didn't foresee this coming this quickly, so it's interesting. Personally, I did not see this coming either, and I think it's pretty convenient considering like the rock had one of his most I'd say popular weeks in a very long time last week. I don't know if this is all correlating or not, but it seems pretty convenient. Mm-hmm. I mean, how you much know, when I was on, when I was on your show in August, we talked about how, you know, great this would be and how everybody dreams about it. It's fan fiction. Like yeah. this is like, this is like for a lot of, for us geeks in this circle, this is like fan fiction. This is like, exactly. I know, outsiders would look at this and scoff at this notion but this is like dc and marvel doing a movie together and like yep. batman and superman are going to link up Stop with me. captain america and hulk yeah so i mean that's for us <laughs> for us all old football league nerds this is real this is really really cool it's almost hard to believe so it's like fan fiction stuff so for for this to happen, uh, there, now let me just tell you this. That's my attitude towards this. There's going to be some people that are USFL loyalists, XFL loyalists that don't like what the whatever in their mind the other league represents that are not going to be happy with this. So it's kind of like when the XFL and CFL were talking, a lot of CFL Canadians were uh, and Canadian people were oh they were so and they still are bitching about it. They're angry about the notion of the uh, of any American aspect of football coming in, invading their league and changing their traditions and their beautiful game and everything else. So there are a lot of you see CFL people commenting today. CFL reporters are like, you know, still talking about how the three down game is awesome. And thank God we didn't do any merger stuff, you know. So um, so anyhow, so that's so there are going to be some USFL fans that are upset if this gets announced this week, the merger and everything. Um, you know, I don't want the XFL kickoff, or I don't like the rock, or I don't like this, I don't like that. I like our presentation. There's gonna be XFL people that don't like the USFL. So it's there might there might be a little bit of uh I, I don't read the Reddits and the forums and all that stuff, the discords and all that. I'm sure today on both sides, there are XFL fans that are maybe not too happy about this, and there are USFL fans that are maybe not too happy about all of a sudden the league. Yeah. So they're they're not, they won't be happy. And then they're worried about losing their identity. It's funny how that's cool that these entities have rabid, passionate fans that care that much because, you know, to the outside world, there's the outside world surprised that these, these leagues even have fans to be honest. I mean, you're right. And then when you go to NFL game as media, Lord, it's a whole nother ball game. I thought, I don't think they, we, people got to step outside the bubble to understand this. Like, it's exactly. really, I'm glad you agree with me, Matthew. I'm, I'm glad you agree with me. Like a lot of NFL fans, like these entities are the, like almost invisible. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, like, it's like really, you know, it's like, and they don't really, and to them and to some, they, they mean nothing. You know, it's like, it's like, they're like joke minor leagues, basically. That's what you know, the like, feel like, is to me when I go to NFL games with the media there regarding these leagues. I mean, they're not disrespectful, but um, you can feel it and you can see it and you can, I mean, I'm not going to talk bad, but I mean, it, it's, it's not the NFL yeah. itself. It's the media within there. You know, it's not. And it's actual- a running. It's a let's be honest. It's a running joke too. like on social media. Like if like Kadarius Tony had a really one of the worst wide receiver games you'll ever see for Kansas City Chiefs a few weeks ago. He like dropped like every pass next to him. Yep. The first comment is like, send that dude to the XFL. <laughs> you're 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 you know, your next D.C. defenders starting wide receiver Kadarius Tony. You know, that's the running. That's the I've seen that meme uh, of what's the NBA commissioner's name? Well, you better learn Chinese, buddy. But it says you better Adam learn Silver. XFL. Yeah, yeah, Adam Silver. So it's like you better. The meme is like uh, you better learn XFL, buddy. Anytime like somebody messes up. You know, so I understand. I mean, it's cool that there's name recognition for the XFL that people instantly think of it. But these leagues are mostly thought of, you know, as like less than or a joke. And there's like an elitist kind of attitude towards them. So I think people in the bubble don't realize like it's like it's it's great that you support these leagues. You shouldn't really be fighting against each other because you don't understand like how how belittled you really are um for for supporting and following these leagues so that's why i have respect even if even if you have negative opinions about me i have respect for any fans that are passionate about these leagues that cover them that that write about them that care about them that pay money to go see these games and all that i think that's they really these leagues really need it because you just don't understand how small how small the bubble is especially compared to the nfl and college anyhow agreed agreed yeah you're there's definitely a difference between doing good work and and um, I don't know, doing it for the ego boost or doing it for the clout, you know. And that's most of anyone that I've dealt with in this realm is is real. It's a real person. They've got you know, it, it's not a a character. It, it's someone that's actually wanting to do it and it's passionate. I think, except for like a couple people in the personality department. I mean, there has been nothing but love, whether it be USFL or XFL from my end. Um, but that's anyway, cool. that's, that's me personally. Jersey, you got any questions for Mike? I got one more, but it's it, it's one to close on. So you got any just any questions for Mike you want him to answer regarding this stuff? Anything on your end that your fans may be interested in? Um. A lot of it is. I think I gave. I think I. I think I gave you some bad, bad uh, Vegas news there earlier. Oh, he knew it. I know you. Yeah, but I'm. But it's like anticipating it. You know, my my main thing is. Do you see this merger keeping the league around for at least another five to ten years? As a whole, that was what my question was. So great question, Jersey. Yeah, I do. It's all about execution. It's all about execution. I think this, like, if this doesn't work, then then the only thing that would work, and even though, see, people see, I'm old enough to remember, the NFL tried a uh, a spring pro football league in the United yeah. States in markets that didn't have NFL teams. They had Canadian teams. They had European teams all in one league. They had a San Antonio team. They had a New York team. They had they had a Montreal team. The NFL tried this, and it didn't work out for them. Now, they might try it again one day, 
but they failed. They ended up, you know, closing up shop and then repackaging it as NFL Europe. Um, so I think with the entities that are involved here, if Fox, if they can make, you know, Fox and ABC and Redbird and The Rock and Danny and everybody involved here, that this has a chance to last. Like I didn't honestly, if you put a gun in my head last week and you said, uh, Mike, do you think the XFL is going to see a season three? Uh, I would have told you no. And if you and if you said the reason why I would have told you no is because I really and I'm I got to see the evidence I got to see the results I really don't see the the road for these leagues to all of a sudden be super popular and and uh, and profitable don't under their current and the way they're currently constructed I don't see it I'm sorry and just like I don't all of a sudden USFL debuts next season and now they got three million viewers out of nowhere. Um, I just don't see it and back to six, 700,000 on Fox or NBC. And depending on if it's a night game, maybe get some more viewers. Same thing with the XFL. I don't all of a sudden, you know, Oh, just because the rocks in a, a super tight Arlington renegades Jersey to kick off the game. I don't, I don't think that's going to draw additional viewership. So, I, mean, <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. Super ex, extra small baby size, the Arlington Renegades jersey out. So, um, but it's, that's not, so I, I, I honestly don't see the upside. I think they're kind of limited. They're like niche products that have limited audiences. So I think that this gives them a chance if done, they have to execute properly, but this gives right. them a chance to build the spring pro football thing into a viable, strong, like real deal, pull resources together, massive exposure, make it work as separate entities. You know, I, I don't, I, I honestly, it's unfortunate, but I don't think, I don't think the, the, if they're okay with just surviving and cutting corners and, and, you know, maybe, you know, having only six teams and putting some teams not in their markets, hubbing it out. If they're okay with that, they're just always going to be like some small pickleball like product that doesn't really go anywhere. And then so um, that doesn't really attract the masses. So um, I do think that it, it, that this gives them a chance to, to be a five-year, 10-year entity. They got to execute properly. So um, I do think they got a shot. I do. I, I think this gives them a shot beforehand. It has nothing to do with the product. Like, like I said, I enjoy these games. I watch them. I watch all of them. I, I enjoy the heck out of it. There are Me certain too. aspects I'd like better from a, a broadcast that could be better, presentation, sure. But I enjoy it a lot, a lot, a lot. But it's not about me. It's about they need to become viable financially. So they need to attract casual fans. They need to attract mainstream fans. They need to be to earn more respect. So they earn more money, ultimately. So I, I think this merger could buy it some time, buy the, the concept more time. Appreciate that. That was exactly what I was going to ask, basically, Jersey. So good stuff, man. No Mike, two hours and nine minutes. So we did it again, the two-hour mark. Last time you were here, we did the same thing. Um, and, you know, I haven't looked at my phone in a while, and usually during interviews, I shut it off completely. I know I'm going to have a million messages. Uh, probably <laughs> people. I usually, after I do these interviews, I get messages from people in the league, like, you know, you uh, – um, People saying, uh, you know, you almost mentioned my name or why did you mention my name? 
So I'm sure I'm going to get some heat for a couple of things I said here. I mentioned certain things about revenue markers and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just facts, right? And then so, but I, this was fun. This is fun. I hope I covered, I probably rambled on for way too long, but I hope I covered uh, a lot of the meeting stuff. I know people want to know specifics. They want to know. We're going to uh, get them. I know they want to know like, okay, Vegas, uh, they want to know like if the Stallions are playing the Battle Hawks in week one or not. So I will, we'll find out. But um, but uh, that would be a nice way to open the season, right? So <laughs> you want to? Wouldn't that be? They wouldn't be crazy though. Like all of a sudden, the the defending USFL champion Birmingham Stallions are in St. Louis to play the Battle Hawks for a title for the Stallions title <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for Week One. The Stallions and the Renegades Week One champion versus champion. I mean, I'm <laughs> I waited. Yeah, for, yeah. I would never uh, tickets for a reason. Ar- I waited. Ar- yeah, it would be cool. I well, that's about it. What you got? Separate reason to get my season tickets for the Vipers games, guys. So, Mark, I hope you guys took the the same route I did and you waited. I know there was a lot of people who were anxious to get tickets and stuff like that. I held off on getting my season tickets for the Vipers, guys. So, I hope it, I hope it was for a reason. All right, guys, I'm tired. I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm thirsty. <laughs> All right. All right, Matthew. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good one. Mike, Jersey, I appreciate appreciate you guys both coming on. Um, I love these informal conversations. You know, we really didn't have an aim but to discuss this matter, this subject, and I feel like we accomplished that. Mike, it was basically you telling us your thoughts and what you know. But I tell you, man, it's very valued. It's valued by me. I know it's valued by Jersey. And then all these fans watching. Like you said, I know it, it It seemed like a lot of information, but I guarantee you that every bit of that is valued by the XFL or USFL fans. My market isn't as big with the USFL crowd because the name, of course, but uh, right. it, it's answers that people want, information that people need that you can't find unless you know somebody. So appreciate you again, Mike. You're great, man. I look forward to having you on again. Uh, man. It's awesome. Thank you for having me on. Sometimes knowing too much is a curse. It's hard to sometimes uh, keep secrets too. There's sometimes you want to tell everybody what you know. Um, So I'm sure I slipped up a couple times and and gave away some stuff that I wasn't supposed to tonight. So thank you, Matthew, for having me on. Thanks for indulging me for two hours. It was a good conversation. Anytime, Mike. Anytime. Like I said, hopefully we get to meet next year at a game. Uh, You know, shoot the shit a little bit. Talk. It'll be a good time. So maybe, maybe, maybe at a Breakers game, you know, Breakers Renegades. Maybe in uh, a Breakers are actually in New Orleans. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome, dude. I would, I, you'd see me with the hats, you'd see me with the clothes. I mean, I, I promise you, I would be a fan. Uh, it's a cool brand. Yeah. I like the Breakers. I like the Breakers brand, brand. I like their colors. I'm a big McLeod Bethel Thompson guy, being a Toronto yep. Argonauts guy. So, so, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'd, it'd be like cool to link flavor. up. Definitely like the the breakers flavor they had this season. I, I love the uniforms. It was really really nice to see, man. I, I hope they do get some good. Play. I was surprised that so many breakers didn't get opportunities, uh, at least in NFL camps, like the West Hills yeah. world and those guys. It's some yeah. really good players on their roster for whatever reason. Jonathan Adams is a guy I really like wide receiver they have there. So, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It's a cool brand. They just got to go play in New Orleans. That's just the way yep. the way it goes. It, it, it would mean a lot more if they do that. No lie. All right, fellas. Mike, appreciate you, brother. I'll have your socials and everything in the show notes. Um, thanks again, man. I, like I said, thank you thank enough, you. bro. Hold on, Jersey. I'm not done with you yet. We're saying bye to Mike first. Oh. Jersey, <laughs> Jersey, Jersey the king. 
Pleasure meeting you, Joe. Is the your middle name or is or is it uh King? I was a singer at one point in, in time in my life, oh, and that's cool. where the name actually came from. I used to be a singer uh, before I got injured. I was really into it and you know going on stage and performing, and then I got hurt, and now I'm just into my podcasting, so I still go by Jersey the King. Oh, that's cool. I, I don't know why it reminds me of like it reminds me of like J. Rue the Damager. <laughs> so it just has that kind of like that that kind that really, of feel to it. Yeah, that kind of feel to it. That's cool. All I right, don't fellas. even know Jersey's that, real name. <laughs> I don't even know what uh, it is. Kevin. Gotcha. What's oh, okay, that's a cool name. Yeah, yeah. So that that figures you're from the dirty show though. Like you get dirty. You gotta have a Jersey. name. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have a name. I gotta come up with something. <laughs> Scruff. Scruff. But I'm actually you know? from New Jersey. I'm actually from oh. Patterson. Jersey, that's the great thing about it. Oh, so, you from Patterson, New Jersey? That's really yes, cool, sir. man. That's awesome. Brooklyn, born and raised. Um, anyway, so that, oh, that's heard. And I've yeah, been in yeah, your yeah. part so, a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Brooklyn in the Bronx. Anyway, we've bo- uh, it's time to go. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> yes, appreciate you, Mike. Man, thanks again. We'll see All you right. next time. All right. Hey, Jersey. Nice to meet you, bro. (laughs) So, yeah, we were going to do the old uh, talk a little XFL, get to know you, interview you, shebang tonight, but that got through the side just because of the updates today. So I'll owe you that again eventually. So we'll get you on again and and get you an interview going and and get to know more about you. Uh, Yeah, man. I I definitely love to come back on and, you know, really get to talk with the audience and let them know a little bit more about me. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of tough with a guy like Michael because he's so well known and, and he's famous in our community, you know, so right. people want to see him. People people want to talk to him and hear what he's got to say. Uh, hopefully me and you someday will be in that that status. But yes, <laughs> I don't sir. know. That man's got it going, brother. But um, it was an honor. You know, just thank you, dude. And be on the same platform with him. So, you know, be able to have a conversation with that man. I I thank you and and appreciate you so much for even having me on especially anytime yeah you need to get off here and enjoy that by the way um so yeah dude i appreciate you greatly uh we'll see you again soon in the next probably november december ish something like that okay for sure most definitely insider you the audience i love you guys thank you for all the support and i'll see you next time yes sir hey hey shout your socials real quick uh you can follow me on um Facebook at Jersey the King, the same way you see my name with no underscore, excuse me, with underscores, Jersey underscore the underscore King. You can follow my podcast show, The Gridiron, on YouTube at The Gridiron, or excuse me, subscribe at The Gridiron. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at The Gridiron Podcast. As well, you can check out the fang gang nation show and follow the fang gang nation show at on twitter at the fang gang nation show as well so there you are part of the x fan legion right so you're you're in the network there with all the the neon green mafia the x fan show the Beehawk live that's that's your realm right there yes sir with the with the fang gang nation show for sure my my uh the gridiron show i do cover you know the usfl the xfl NCAA and the NFL as well. And that's every Saturday. But the Fan Gang Nation, that is X Fan Legion, XFL only. 
Vi- I guess I can just say Vipers. Me too. I've, I, on paper, when I do the notes, uh, I'll put Vegas. Vegas Vipers. So, I mean, I understand it, it's the V's. But yeah, yeah bro. Hard, I, but appreciate you coming you. on. Um, it's been two hours, so we're going to get off here. But yes, until next time, Jersey, I'll put all your stuff in the show notes. So, check for that okay. and then easily clickable for everyone but thanks for bro thanks for coming on bro i appreciate it i'm about tired myself it's been a long one it's been a long day i'm gonna go finish enjoying the rest of this night with my wife and i'll see you yes guys sir have, have a good night day. jersey later everyone all right so that is it that's gonna wrap it up for our tuesday episode uh i hope we get some more good news tomorrow um related to any of this it would be nice to get some kind of information i mean anything there's been some tweets put out there's been some other things that are said from sources but i mean you know how i am on this show i really like to have some official stuff going guys like mike you can really trust that his sources are legitimate and and he knows what he's talking about but sometimes you really got to be careful on who you're listening to on this stuff um that's why i pursue guys like him because he knows his stuff uh, it, it, it's a great pleasure and honor to have someone like that on here that it, it's respected and knows his topic better than anyone. That's why, I mean, that's why I say he's the real insider because he is the real XFL insider. He's got the inside information. What I do here is just give you the information for your own viewing pleasure. But yeah, appreciate you guys listening. As always, it's a pleasure. Love it. Check us out September 26th. We got Ball Hawk 1 coming. He's uh, one of the super fans from the uh, Battlehawks, so he's he's a pretty good fan. He's got a whole uh, a Vikings theme that he does, and, and he's going to come on the show dressed up and talk more about himself and just discuss why he's a super fan and what he's so interested in. I'm sure he'll have some things to say about this relocation also. But yeah, appreciate you guys. It's been awesome. Appreciate all the other shows and media. Appreciate you guys being respectful and working with us all. It's a great network with what we got going. So. Look forward to it next time. Thank you, XFL, for letting me cover the league as well as XFL Board. Both great avenues. Check out XFL Board for some discussion pieces related to the XFL and spring football. There's some great writers over there. Anywho, guys, that's it for me. It's been great. Love it. Live it. Do it. XFL, I'm out of here. Have a good night. I got to hit the thing first, though. Bye, guys.